<laughs> Hi, everybody. How are you hey. today? How's it going? Happy October still, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. You know, it, it's interesting because I realized listening to the the Spotify version, um, there's a lot of, like, episodes where I just start off, like, either tired or grumpy or whatever, but, like, I don't think we've ever done a video one before like that, so... Yeah, this is me. I'm tired and grumpy. Go fuck yourself. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we are CS um, Productions. That is Charles mm -hmm. D. D. Cranky Lincoln. And I am Chelsea Liswage. Yeah. Pooping queen. The, uh, I do love how Gert just looks like a throw pillow in the background. She does. She looks like a furry loaf of bread. Mm hmm. Like That's an oversized kind of, loaf of bread. Kind of like, um,. And I think I've told you this off the air, but um, uh, my uh, my friend Camilla's uh, cat, how she mm -hmm. was this big, like white, fluffy cat and stuff. I say was because you know I haven't seen Camilla in a couple years, but cat could be completely fine. Um, but yeah, no, she was just this big, like fluffy white cat. And I remember once I was exhausted at Camilla's place, and I just laid down on what I thought was a super fluffy pillow. <laughs> and the cat was totally cool with me doing that. And like, I went chicken. to, yeah, I went to sleep with just the, uh, you know, my head on the cat's, uh, you know, belly or whatever. Oh, um, yeah. so it wasn't, and the cat was obviously so big that you were concerned about hurting its internal organs. Yeah. Yeah. No. And, uh, you know, Camilla just made a comment and she's like, Maisie, you're such a slut. And, you know, cause apparently whenever, whenever men would come over, Maisie would be friendly to them. So. Hmm. I feel like yeah. that's a rarity. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I've I've certainly known uh, dogs that were uh, that preferred one uh, gender or the other. Yeah. yeah. You know, so it's entirely possible for a cat to uh, do that too. So, anyway, uh, since it's October, uh, we're covering Rob Zombie's mm -hmm. uh, 2007 uh, remake of Halloween, which I had never actually seen before. Oh, really? I thought you said you had seen it. I was thinking about the, like, next franchise and the reboot with Jamie Lee Curtis oh. and stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, no, yeah, because all, all three of them, all, there's, there's literally three movies called Halloween. Yeah, so I had seen I had seen clips of this, but maybe it was just a trailer. I mean, when this came mm -hmm. out, I was, like, what, like, 14 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, so, nope, had never seen it. Yeah, yeah, this was the R-rated version that we saw on Peacock, because uh, couldn't find... Uh, the uh, uncut, the uncut version. There was uh, an uncut version. Yeah. Jeez, I don't know because this is pretty fucking gory. <laughs> yeah, there. Well, the uh, the scene that it's interesting because there's a scene with like Bill Mosley and uh, Leslie Easterbrook and a whole bunch of like B movie uh, like you know horror actors where they play uh, security guards trying to get Michael out of the. Mm -hmm. um, out of the uh, prison, that scene is not in the uh, the unrated version at all. Strange. Um, in the unrated version, Michael escapes because um, do you remember how they introduce a prison guard and then you never see him again? Yeah. In the uncut version, he drags a female patient into Michael's room and starts raping her. Wow. And that's how Michael escapes. Wow. Yeah, okay. it's actually it's a pretty brutal rape scene too. But that now the the actress who plays the female patient is not in the movie at all now. Yeah, no, I mean like the thing that 
you know, one of the many things, if I dare say, um, is that I noticed that there's never any other patient, like, in the sanatorium at mm-hmm. all. <laughs> like, I don't yeah, know no, if he okay. just, from, from being a kid, has to just, like, like, has to be separated from everyone else. That's why you mm-hmm. never see another patient. I keep thinking that your cult <clears throat> in the background is, like, a fucking Babadook or some shit. Oh, it is the Babadook. That's what it I wear as a It looks like coat. the fucking Babadook. You know, <laughs> I, like, I wear it as a coat. behind you. <laughs> you know, but, um, but yeah, it's the shape. It's Michael Myers, actually. Yeah, so, you've, skinned, you know. you've skinned Michael Myers. Yes, it's perfect. And there's nothing well, no, funnier I'm, than a 10-year-old kid in that mask. You know, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not the, the awful kid. So, you know, <clears throat> I'll, I'll be the first to say that there are things I like about this movie and things I don't like about this movie. Um, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily say that that's a knock on Rob Zombie because um, he had so much studio interference in this film. Um, really? Yeah. Oh no, the Weinstein's were giving him notes all the fucking time. He said it was the most miserable experience of his life. He had signed up for a trilogy, and they had such a negative experience that he wasn't going to come back for the sequel. Yeah. Um. And what eventually happened was uh, they they kept getting they kept trying to get new directors to do the sequel, and they kept dropping out too because of the Weinstein's. Um, yeah, no, he said like it wasn't even Harvey who was the biggest problem; it was Bob Weinstein who was the biggest problem for him. Huh. He said well, Harvey, Harvey probably Wein- had a lot of plants or something. Yeah, no, he said uh, notorious plant masturbator Harvey Weinstein. He said was a piece of shit, but he wasn't. The one who was calling him every single day, telling him how much the movie didn't work or giving him notes that made no sense, got to the okay. point where Rob, uh, on the Howie Mandel show, talked about how he would actually uh, change the shooting schedule um, that, the, that the executive producers were getting. Um, he would change the shooting schedule so that they were always like two days behind so that he could never do any of their notes. That doesn't even make sense to me. Maybe I'm just brain dead today, but what the actual fuck? Uh, why would a studio interfere that well, much? No, I'm just or... trying to understand. No, I'm trying to understand the two days behind thing. Well, because he was tired of them giving him notes that he thought were stupid notes. So they'd so... be two days behind or they'd send them... So they'd be two days behind when they'd get dailies and stuff. Oh, I understand. Okay. Yeah, so, so that they would give him notes and be like, oh, I'm sorry, man, we already shot that. Oh, shit. You know, <coughs> bless you. And sometimes he would just tell them he did the notes and not do it. Um, damn. I mean, you know, I feel like you'd do that. <laughs> I most, I, I, you know, there's a good chance I would. I, you know, you know how I, when people start, when people who are not within our inner circle start telling me how to do shit, I don't react well to it. Yes. And, you know, and that's pretty much how he was about it, is that he was very angry about it. And he said it was so it was such a miserable experience that he event, he only agreed to come back if they would if they would let him out of his uh, third film. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Um, and he wanted complete creative control on the uh, on the second film. OK, did he have it? Um, I, he didn't really go into that. He just said that he did the movie and he, and he joked about how I think I'm the only person in Hollywood who ever tried to negotiate to get less work. That is funny. You know, and, uh, yeah. Yeah. So he, um, 
but yeah, and he would talk about how, like, you know, um, every day that he would send dailies, Bob Weinstein would call him up like, this movie's a piece of shit, this is awful, you know, you're fucking everything up, um, you gotta change this, you gotta change that, you gotta change into the other thing, and, you know, he said that, like, it, it was the point where he dreaded uh, working on this film every single day. Oh, that makes me sad, because, like, as you said, I mean, there are things I didn't like about it, but there are things that I really liked about it, you know? Yeah. So I wonder if yeah. he's proud of his fucking work. It always breaks my heart when someone's not proud of their work. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah no. And he said that, like, you know, the first day, it actually built, broke the record uh, for um, a Halloween box office at the time. Oh. Um, yeah, it was, I think, the second, uh, it was, like, a, a 90 million uh, box office or something like that. Um, oh. Yeah, like, it broke, it broke the opening day record for a Halloween film. Oh. Hmm. And... Just to show you how shitty it is when you have the money people getting involved constantly, they were called. They called him up. I think it was like Thursday at ten a.m. about how this movie's gonna fucking flop. You fucked up. Blah blah blah. You know. And he's like, Bob. He goes, Are movie theaters even open yet? It's ten a.m. Oh my god. You, yeah, That's and funny. so. And so then it went on. I think it was like it made like forty-five million or something like that the opening weekend. And it was, it's made, it made, it broke the record for, um, box office. And, uh, you'd think they'd be happy for him, but he said, no, fucking Harvey Weinstein was calling him up, like, bitching about how, you know, if you would listen to us, it would have been doing even better. Oh. Yeah. Gotta be trying like for Charles D. Lincoln. <laughs> you know, like, he literally was like, you know, fucking, you know, you didn't listen to us, sure, it made 45 million, but you know what, it would have made 60 if you had fucking listened to us. So they no were that negative. Things. Well, that's what they were telling him and about how, you know, and he's and as he put it, he goes, basically, people, he goes, the executive producer people, a lot of them, they go in there thinking filmmakers don't know shit, even though filmmakers are the ones who are actually doing all the work, how they they go in there thinking filmmakers don't know shit and the movie will only work if they give their input into it when they're actually not even the creative people. They're just the ones with the purse strings. I wonder how much of that actually, like, happens or how much that mentality is actually there, you know? Like, nowadays, I wonder. I mean, considering some of the stories Kevin Smith told about when he tried to make a Superman movie, you know, or just... Yeah, I mean, there's... I mean, half our podcast has been films where executive producers, you know, fuck things up. And then the other half, when we were doing bad films, was, uh, you know... Filmmakers uh, fucking things up. The Postman. Where you know, I, I, I immediately thought of the postman too. So where I, I need a fucking yeah. Context. Where right, I was there's my butt. I, I, you know, I I keep thinking, um, <laughs> you know, you can also see her butt if you get season one of a uh, of twenty uh, first century demon hunter. That's true. Go. I'm gonna use a sock from my clean laundry no. next to me. Don't judge me. Actually, judge yeah. me. Don't give a fuck about. I was gonna oh. say now you're now you're like a teenage boy. It's a different kind of liquid from the body, okay? <laughs> I mean, it's still, mucus, it's still mucus. It is not the same. <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm, I'm sure they taste different, but I don't know. Um, they do taste different. <laughs> I would not know. I've never, I've never actually swallowed snot, so. <laughs> you know. I have. Yeah. I've, uh, yeah, and the only, the only sperm I've ever tasted was my own. So, and, and the, uh, the, the ones you get from, uh, 
from, uh, oh, I'm not going to say it. I was going to make a joke about a particular food chain and about how that's be- that people are coming all over their food, but I figured nice. they'll probably be very angry with us and sue us for slander if I do that, so. Yeah, probably not the best idea. So much that, like, you know, everyone's surprised who's listening. We do hinder ourselves. <laughs> we do, you know. We do not say things. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. So, you know, I'll say, and, and it is a problem I have with some Rob Zombie movies, is that sometimes, it's interesting, Rob Zombie will sometimes write really great dialogue and sometimes incredibly clunky dialogue. This is a clunky-ass dialogue film, in my opinion. Like, yeah, I mean, even, I mean, the opening quote that he uh, attributes to Sam Loomis's book, I think, is very clunky. Oh, yeah, I didn't it, yeah, like, like that at all. It's like darkest souls are not those who, uh, which choose to exist within the hell of the abyss, but those which to break free from the abyss and move silently among us. I'm like, that's, I mean, those are words. Wait, hold on. My notes app, my notes app fucking autocorrected, autocorrected it um, to um, da, 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 choose to exist within the hell of the abyss, but those which choose to breastfeed from the abyss. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, that, that could have been, that could have been uh, going on too. Um, but uh, what's interesting, though, is uh, the actress who plays uh, Annie in this, um, yeah. Danielle, Danielle Harris, actually was in the previous Halloween films. She was in Halloween 4 and 5 oh. as, as uh, the main female antagon- uh, protagonist. Oh, is that why she gets to live? Spoiler alert. Uh, pretty much, uh, because um, she was very screwed over by the people who made those films. Um, not, not so much by the, uh, directors or whatever, but by the, uh, you know, the people in charge of the franchise very much fucked her over. In fact, there was a sixth Halloween film, uh, Halloween, you know, sixth, the curse of Michael Myers that she didn't come back for, um, because they didn't want to pay her. And so they just hired, they, they just hired another actress to play the character for like way cheaper. I posted this fucking meme today, and it's like Anne Hathaway, like smiling, like Anne Hathaway does, and it says, "This is the producer telling you you're being recast because they found someone to play you cheaper." <laughs> you know, I mean, it. You know, and I mean, and that's the thing. As producers, I mean, you know, we we have recast a couple times, you know, um, mm-hmm. but usually it's for you know important reasons, like you know, someone sending Chelsea dildos in the mail or something. You know. Yeah, don't do that. You know, that's the type of thing where someone does and it's like, okay, yeah, no, you're out. Um, <laughs> you know. Actually, wait, and, no, do that. <laughs> you know. I will, and, post, I will post which kind I want. I'm just kidding. You know, but you know what I mean. I mean, come on. Yeah. You remember when that person was sending you a fucking strap on and that was I like, know. what the fuck? It, yeah. It's just the most bizarre thing to you. I hope they're having a great day. You know, it's, I don't, it's just, it's very, it's very inappropriate and it's very unprofessional. Um, also, and pay that's your pretty... actors. That's fucked up about Annie too. That's fucked. Yeah, up. yeah. So anyway, uh, let's so let's go into the film though. But yeah, like that was that was not a great beginning of the film. Um, yeah. basically because you know, and 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 like I said, because that's no one speaks like that. In fact, you won't. That would be the type. Like I was reading that, and I was like, if this was in a book, I would be like, what? Like. You know. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm with you. Well, I think it makes more sense as breastfeed than break free. You know, so we get the Halloween logo without the iconic theme. Yes. Um, 
And then we and, were in Haddonfield, Illinois on October 31st again. Yeah, with some classic rock song playing. Yes, um, I will say I enjoyed the soundtrack more in this movie. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, Chelsea will know the soundtrack more than I do because I am not a classic rock person. Um, yes. Did you Do you know what song is playing at the beginning? No, I, I didn't write them down. Okay. Um, I didn't write them down. I was going <clears> to <throat> download the whole soundtrack because I liked the soundtrack and I just didn't get yeah. into it. Rob yeah, Zombie, that, I mean, Rob Zombie really knows his fucking soundtrack, so. Yeah, no, I was like, that was one of my favorite fucking parts of the movies. I was like, this is the best soundtrack ever! I mm. mean, there's a couple of songs, like, I think Love Hurts is in this, and I'm like, I hate that yeah. song. Yeah, no. I despise that fucking song. I hate that song, you know. Yeah, the, that I'm song not, is part of why I don't like classic rock, for the most part. And it makes sense. I mean, it makes sense. The I hate that song too. There's a bunch of there's a couple of like classic rock songs that are just so so overplayed. Like I have this whole playlist of like classic rock essentials that like Apple Music played. And they're mm-hmm. all of the songs that from bands that I love, it's all the songs that I hate because they're too like cliche and overplayed and not done well. You know, all right, then but you, we're the most you, popular. If, then, you know, I'm going to have to ask you a question then. What is the song you think is overplayed and cliche from Fleetwood Mac? Because I know you love Fleetwood Mac. Is I there a song Fleetwood. that's too cliched and overplayed? Yeah. No. Okay. <laughs> no, they're the best ever. Um, no, I mean, like, you know, no one ever gets sick of Landslide. I'd say, like, what else is... Go Your Own Way is played all the time, but I think it's a masterpiece. And I think it's the one band I can't get sick of. Okay. So, yeah, like that's like you ask me any other band and I'll tell you, but Fleetwood Mac, I'm like they're I, perfect. All right. Well, what's your second favorite um, classic rock band then? Well, I love Neil Diamond, right? And okay. Loves, so everyone loves Sweet Caroline. I fucking hate yeah. that song. I really? Hate that's that song. He's a Yankees fan. Okay, they yeah. played at the seventh inning stretch. I'm gonna start talking like this. They played at the seventh inning stretch at Fenway Park, every Red Sox game, and he's a Yankees fan. I mean, he supported it, but you know, and my mother will fucking agree with me that it's just like my mother. You know how diehard of a fan she is of Neil. She will agree and be like, "That song sucks." It yeah, does. it does. See, I and like it's hard I to like, say. I like Sweet Caroline. Yeah, no, not a true. The true fans hate it. Yeah, I yeah. see, but I'm not a true fan. I can't name few another Neil Diamond That's song. True. So. That's true. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know, you love a band too when you like get over how shitty their lyrics can be. No offense, Neil. Sorry, I love you, but that um the um you know when how simple when you know someone only has like a one or two octave range and they have like corny lyrics, mm-hmm. like the fact you must really love them if you can't talk shit about most of their music despite the fact that that's the music they create. So I would say just Sweet Caroline. But, I mean, it's big for someone who's such, like, a a, a Neil person to talk shit about any of his songs. Yeah. Like, you know? we, like, you know, like, as a, as a Danzig fan, um, you know, it's one of the things Danzig fans will talk about how there's a song he wrote called Skin Carver that yeah. it's not, it's not an awful song, but it's not a good, it's not like, you know, the man has, like, what, nine out solo albums or something like that. And for some reason, like, you know, I haven't seen him like live in 10 years, but for like the last four tours, he would open with that fucking song, which is inexplicable to all of us, especially when he had written this. There was an album that came out afterwards that had a better opening song and he wouldn't open with that song. He'd open with fucking <coughs> Skin me. Carver. Bless you. Oh, and geez, I remember looking, looking at a fucking set list a couple years ago, and he was still opening with it. And I'm like, what the fuck? Why <coughs> oh would God, he? Oh, my God. I'm so sorry. <laughs> like, oh, why no. is 
Slayer, Slayer, who is one of my favorite bands in the world, had a song called Stain of Mind, which was like this weird experiment with new like metal. I have heard that. I think I've heard of that. It was like one of their few songs we'll that ever got on the radio. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to send mind. Stain of Mind to anyone. But um, <laughs> but they insisted on, play, like even their final show, they played that song. And I've never in my life met a Slayer fan who wanted to hear Stain of, of Mind live, ever. Yeah, yeah. And they and once they wrote that song and it got on like you know I, I you know uh, this shows how old I am but shit like Q one hundred three in New York, you know which because there used to be like a metal station here, um, and uh, you know like in the nineties and once it got on there every fucking show for the rest of their careers they would play Stain of Mind as if people wanted to hear it and no one ever did, and no one ever did. It was weird because it was a song that they made purposely to like get new fans. Um, you know, cause you know, Slayer had like the fucking thrash thing, but you know, like at a certain point they were like, started putting in all these new metal touches trying to get like the fucking 20 year olds or whatever. Nah. But I don't think any of them ever listened to state of mind and said, that's, you know, this is the, I, I have to listen to more of this band. They heard, they still heard the old shit and the old shit is what made them fucking fans. Yeah. Hearing the shit from like rain and blood and you know, hello Waits and seasons in the abyss and shit. So, you know, mm. But yeah, like it's um I don't know. In fact, I'll I'll go so far as to say and uh for for Iron Maiden it was uh Heaven Can Wait. Oh, see, um, I like Heaven Can Wait. <clears throat> yeah. Well, you, one funniest thing is I um like I said I haven't been I the last show I went to was Babes in Toyland in uh 2015. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. um and uh you know, uh before that, you know, I saw Iron Maiden and they played um Heaven Can Wait and it totally took me out of the whole show. Because yeah. that's like an eight minute long song. And it's a song that I enjoyed listening to when it was on the album, but I'm so fucking sick of it now. Yeah. Um, and the funny thing is, I looked at a set list from Iron Maiden's last tour, and they played Heaven Can Wait, and in parentheses, it's like, first time in four tours! And I'm like, wait, they actually stopped playing that? Oh my god, and You're now like, they're god, playing I it again. I wish I was here the past four tours ago. You know, well, no, because I've heard Iron Maiden's... I, you know, Iron Maiden's a band that, like... And, and I don't know if you... I don't know, like, if bands you listen to even making new albums anymore, but, like, you know, I know, um, uh, you know, I know the one, uh, uh, person still makes albums, but otherwise, yeah. uh, most of the stuff I've heard from you is all classic stuff, so I don't even know if those bands are still, but, like, you know, when the Rolling Stones make a new album, I'm not a Rolling Stones fan, but I know no one's going to hear, no one's going to a fucking Rolling Stones show to hear, like, new shit. No, let me tell you. So the new Rolling Stones album just came out, and it's yeah. really fucking good. It is really yeah. fucking good, and I've never seen them, and I think it's going to be their last fucking tour. So my mom and I mm -hmm. are going to fucking go because she's never seen them any like either. But what they're doing, which I think is so smart that more bands should do, is have the fucking album come out, then wait like mm -hmm. six months, and then go on tour because people know the music by then. You know what I mm -hmm. mean? And so... No, people are going to love hearing this when they actually go on tour. It's also amazing that these men in their fucking 80s are fucking making new albums. Yeah. I bet. Did you even I, know there was a new Stones album? No. See, I don't there is. It just came Stones. out. Like, See, <laughs> I thought you were using that like specifically because you knew there was a new album. I use no, it. A new I, album the, just came out. Literally, the last new album I knew from the Rolling Stones was Bridges Over Babylon or whatever it was fucking called. Because I remember my dad's friends going to it and them all complaining about yeah. how many new songs they played. And they're like, I want to hear Satisfaction. I want to hear Sympathy for the Devil. I don't want to hear any of this new shit. 
This new shit. I mean, like, I feel like every music fan, which should be everyone, and if you don't like music, don't listen to us. The, um, the, uh, like, you know, everyone feels that way at a certain point, you know, where they just love the old shit. Even with artists I love now, I'm like, I want to hear this. You haven't played this in five tours. You know what I mean? Yeah, because um, I was going to say, I used to consider myself a giant Iron Maiden fan until I realized the last Iron Maiden album I liked came out in when I was in eighth grade. Wah, and I... Now, you have to remember that they've been around so long that that was, like, their fucking, like, seventh album. Yeah. So it's enough stuff that, you know, it's, like, seven albums worth of stuff that I think is awesome. But I think they're on, like, fucking 20 or something like that, and I have not liked anything they've put out. Like I haven't actively from... listened to Iron Maiden since I went through my, like, goth punk phase in the eighth grade. Yeah, which is weird, because they're neither... Yes, but I, I guess from the cup, yeah, I was going to say. Um, I'm aware, yes. Yeah. I'm but using so, my handy dandy sock again. Okay, well, you know. Yeah, I was going to say, it's a, shame we're, it's a shame we're not doing Beyond the Bell, because any AEW fan would be able to relate to you. Anyway, um, <laughs> so, uh, you know, although may, they might get jealous that you're taking their girlfriend out. Um, so. Uh, Holy fuck balls. You know, nice. I yeah. Nice. So, uh, yeah, so it's a classic rock song. Uh, we see the Myers house, the most white trash version of the Myers house possible. Yes. You yes. know. And there are um, some rats, and they're really cute. I love rats. Yeah, and Michael is uh, there. He's a kid. He's wearing a clown mask. And his mom is yelling at his uh, stepdad, uh, Ronnie. This um, is the most toxic family I've seen in my entire fucking life. I was, I, I actually found them almost comically shitty. Like, it's, like, it's so bad. Like, they are really, really going over the top is, you know, it's, uh, yeah, of course. Yeah, but you know damn well that people fucking talk like that, too. You know damn yeah. well people do. I always, you know, I always get the feeling that a lot of those people, uh, that Rob Zombie writes characters like this has had a lot to do with him growing up with, like, family who are literal carnies. Okay. So I'm sure that he's seen a lot of people like this in real life, you know. Yeah. So, uh, you know, and of course, uh, his uh, Deborah Myers, played by Sherry Moon Zombie, uh, the wife of Rob Zombie. And uh, uh, Ronnie Wait, his Will- legal Ro- last name is Zombie? Uh, I don't. I'm not looking at his ID, but I assume so. Um, That's, I didn't know that. I just thought it was a stage name. Continue. Yeah. And uh, William. Well, yeah, it is a stage name, but he also could have changed it, you know. Right. Right. So. Yeah. Um, and. Uh, you know, uh, all we know is uh, Sherry Moon uh, that used when when they first met and she was just kind of like a dancer for his band uh, and a model. She was known as Sherry Moon and now she's legal. You know, now in, in film, she's Sherry Moon zombie. Ah. And uh, William uh, William Forsythe, who uh, a lot of people will know from uh, a lot of like, you know, action and uh, B movies and stuff from the 70s is, he uh, is yeah, Ronnie. Yeah. He's like and, the worst uh, piece of shit ever. Oh, yeah. I'm all broken up, so I can't work. And he's all, to- you know, he starts going on about some waitress with big tits at the bingo lounge. Oh, my God. Yeah, I know. Jesus fucking, give me the freaky eye. Um, I'm going to choke the chicken and snorkel all over her titties, something like that. Yeah. The kid, like, we got Boo, who's like the younger, like the baby of the family, just crying in the high chair. Yeah. And I'm like, God, I fucking, and she's like, I'm making eggs. And I'm like, this is terrible. Yeah, you know, the teenage girl who um, I assumed rightfully, by the way, was Judith Myers. Um, 
you know, is there and he's talking about what a great ass she has and Jesus Christ, you jealous of your own daughter's ass and You liter- you later find out that Ronnie is not actually the father of Judith, thank God. But I wouldn't yeah. like based on how this movie goes, I wouldn't have been surprised if they were like, Yes, that's my father. <laughs> you know. Would not would not at all. Um Yeah. So <clears throat> at a terrible. certain point <laughs> certain point he throws everything off the table and yells at Judith uh to clean everything up. I mean, uh, 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 at Deborah to clean everything up. And uh, she still uh, starts yelling about how uh, she's the only one who works in the family. He's like, I broke. I can't work. And Yeah. And Michael comes down. Michael comes down talking about Elvis the rat and how Elvis is dead. And right before that, you see him cleaning a bloody knife in the kitchen sink. Yeah. Which, of course, like, broke my heart as an old rat mother. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, so Elvis has died, I had to flush him, and Ronnie's complaining about who pays money for a rat. Um, takes the mask off, and they have, like, an exchange of I hate you, and Ronnie talks about how he can't wait for his hand to be filled so he can break it again on Michael's face. I'm like, yeah. Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah. What the fuck is this family? This yeah. is terrible. So, so Michael, then we cut to Michael at school, and he's peeing, and some kids rush into the bathroom and start talking about some... As they put it, some pussy who won't fight. Some, which I assume is Michael, right? Probably. Uh, no, I think they're talking about someone else. Because the, these kids, these kids just seem to be general bullies who you know, kind of just yeah. start with everybody. I mean, I, I've I've definitely seen kids like that when I was in in school. Yeah, I mean, you know, of course, stems from insecurity. Kids, if you're listening to this, one, you shouldn't be, but two, um, don't be a bully because we'll kick you your know. Ass. Um, and I so, think that, like, the lead, the car- curly-haired um, bully dude, I wonder, I meant to look it up, if it's the actor who played Junie in Spy Kids. I um, I have no idea. I've never seen Spy Kids. Grew up on Spy Kids. I'll look it up after. If someone knows, please tell us. <laughs> I would assume not, just because Spy Kids, wasn't Spy Kids in the 90s? In 2003. Really? Yeah, I think one of them came out then. Why do I why do I think of Spy Kids as coming out so much one, earlier? I think maybe the first one oh. did. I don't know. Uh-huh. But they did three of them or four. Okay, and he's not in the first one. No, he is. Okay, he is. I, I mean, wouldn't he be like in his twenties if he was in Spy Kids? Then doesn't matter. Hmm. Doesn't I? He just looked very very similar to the actor who plays Junie in Spy Kids. Yeah. You know, but that actor so, also looks like fucking Ron Weasley. You know, like, it could just mm. be someone else. <laughs> yeah, so the bullies start, um, you know, saying that, uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, his sister uh, got caught selling blowjobs in the bathroom, and he had to pump the cum from her stomach. That's fucked up. I wonder if you could even do that. I don't think so. That's a rumor that, okay, so I'm very surprised you didn't hear that about, like, Justin Timberlake or something. So, um, because, like, that has been a rumor that just kept recycling. Um, and I know from talking to my sister that she had heard that about, like, you know, guys saying that about, like, the members of NSYNC or whatever. About how, yeah, he had to go to the hospital and get, like, fucking, you know, a gallon of cum, a half a gallon of cum pumped from his stomach. Um, and, I loved uh, for, NSYNC. I've never heard this. I'm devastated. It was a rumor. It was a rumor that we heard when I was, uh, when I was in elementary school. And it was, like, about, like, fucking uh, someone in New Kids in the Block and John Bon Jovi. And uh, I remember my cousin, when she heard me talking about that, said when she was in high school, they, she heard that about David Cassidy. 
So it's always just something that jealous guys come up with when mm. girl when girls are when girls are attracted to some like you know idol or whatever, and the, te- the teenage boys can't handle it. So they make up the rumor that, oh, well, this person had to go to the hospital to get cum uh, pumped from their stomach. I have never heard that in my life before this movie. Really? Yeah. And it's weird, like I said, because I remember my sister telling me about that, about hearing, you know, boys saying that about the members of NSYNC and shit when she was in, uh, in school. Fucking insanity. Anyway, these kids so, suck. So I was going to say, I assume kids are probably saying that now. We never said that. About somebody. I mean, I got fucking bullied all the time. Maybe I just never heard it if people were saying it. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Um, so uh, then he brings up, for a buck, your mom will rub her tits on, uh, on my dad's face. And, and he, he shows pulls a fl- out a poster, like a flyer. Yeah, for, a, a flyer yeah. with his mom on it, which, you know, that would be shit. I, I, I actually went through a little bit of that um, when kids found out that my stepmom was Tiffany Clark. Yeah. Um, you know, and like, uh, you know, I would hear like your mom's a whore who sells her ass in Forty uh, Second Street and blah 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 blah, and you know, You'd be like, you so it's more money than your mom does. <laughs> you know, and I was I was just like, technically, Show World is on Eighth Avenue, but um, no, but um, <laughs> nice, nice, that's you hilarious. know, no, I, you know, no, she wasn't selling it. Well, I guess you know, selling your ass in in the showing it. It's not like she was fucking you know random people as a sex, you know. Yeah. Not there's anything wrong with that, but it's, no. you know, but, but it's still like, you know, that's also kind of in, a weird intricacies for like, you know, a third grader to, you know, like, try to explain. How do you know this? How do you know this? <laughs> they know it because obviously they're fucking dads. Go there. <laughs> you, you, well, their dads probably go there and then they fucking Watch tell porn. their kids. Yeah. They tell their fucking kids, you know. How very Ronnie of them. So, you know, um, at this point, uh, the principal from Invasion USA shows up. That's who it fucking was. I was like, I know that fucker. Yes, he was the villain from uh, Invasion USA as the principal. Damn. Uh, Richard Lynch. Yeah. Richard Lynch. Dick Lynch. Yeah. There's so many random people who just show up in this. It's crazy. Well, Rob Zombie, like, I mean, he revitalized Bill Mosley's career. Bill Mosley wasn't really anywhere with his career. Neither was Sid Haig. Um, they had kind of gotten lost in the shuffle yeah. until they were in House of a Thousand Corpses. And yes. Rob Zombie kind of bro- Same thing that, that Tarantino did for John Travolta. Makes sense. People forget that John Travolta's career was kind of over before Pulp Fiction. Yeah, that's true. You know, that's so... True. That's true. Uh, yeah, so, uh, you know... Uh, Michael breaks the up the fight. Yeah, he breaks up the fight. Michael yells, fuck you at him. And then his mom comes in and says, she can't keep coming in here like this. And he's like, well, I do not enjoy calling you here every five minutes. Every five minutes. Yeah. The, yeah. I don't know. So clearly there's something wrong with this kid. You think in that household, like, fucking duh. I don't know. I feel so I'm bad of, for this little kid. I, I'm of two minds about showing this much of Michael's origin. And that I do think it kind of makes him a little more ordinary if he goes through all the steps that your average serial killer goes through. Yeah. You know, it makes him a little less mysterious if it we know that It makes him more he... human. So it doesn't make any yeah. sense later on when he's shot several times why he doesn't go down. You know, like, because he, he's, he's basic. I mean, you know, so many serial killers go through the phase of killing and torturing small animals. And, you know, that's one of the signs that they say to look out for. 
Yeah. You know, if you have a if you have a kid, if they start doing that, then you really need to get something done before they start going to people. I mean, you know, Jeffrey Dahmer did that, and John Gacy, Everyone's and all those that. sort of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So you know, uh, it's um. I don't know. Like I said, I don't. Th- I I I. Part of me likes the story as by itself. You know what like I mean? Like a separate like, thing. It could be two separate movies. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because it definitely, it starts off as a prequel and then becomes a remake about halfway through. That's exactly, like, that was my big thing. I was watching with a friend and I was just like, oh, who watched the original with me? And I was like, oh, well, yeah. now it's literally like, it's a, this is a remake. Beforehand was yeah. not. It's, and so I'm like, it's a reimagining. They're not a filmmaker, really. And I'm like, oh, is it? It's a reimagining. You know, we're getting the prequel and then we're getting the remake all in one. And they were like, why? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I honestly would have preferred that they just made the whole movie a prequel then if they were going to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, like, it was kind of cool I, to see, but I get it because it's almost cliche because if you work in the horror scene, everything you just said where um, everything's a cliche because you're going through what literally happens in the state, yeah. of, like in the sequence of becoming a serial killer. Yeah. And it gets rid yeah. of the magic of it, too. The magic of, yeah. like, how does Michael Myers never die? Like, it gets rid of that, because now, if he's just a human, it doesn't make sense how big he is. He could still fucking die. You yeah. Know what I mean? You know, and, um, you know, so, I mean, that's the thing, is that, like, you know, okay, Michael is definitely going through all the phases of a serial killer and stuff, but it really, to me, demystifies him. Yeah. Like, you know, if we find out, like, you know, like, like, I don't know. It's 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 a weird it's a weird thing Hollywood loves to do with prequels where they have to explain a little too much. I think sometimes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I would have loved it as two separate movies. You know, yeah. I feel like you know I, I hated that. I felt like Paul, Linda, Bob, and Annie all got cut like a little short. I mm-hmm. enjoyed their performances. I did, um, but I feel like they got cut a little short because we put this prequel at the beginning of the movie. Well, that was my whole thing, is that, like, you know, and the prequel part, as I said, if it had been its own its own different horror movie, I don't think it's a bad horror movie. Mm-hmm. I think that it doesn't work for Halloween, because I think it really demystifies who Michael is. Yeah, demystifies but is the right word, you're right. As a, as a separate horror movie, that you had all these same scenes, and just a different last name or whatever, would, would work. Yeah. You know, um, so Dr. Loomis comes in, played by Malcolm McDowell. Um, yes. who I love. Um, he comes in with like, he, honestly, I looked at him and I'm like, I guess that's just what I would look like if I stopped dyeing my hair. Um, <laughs> that's funny. Well, his hair is brown at this point, right? Yeah. No, his hair no, it's is like, grayish. It's grayish. In the beginning? Yeah, it's gray. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Because he seemed way older when it was 20 years later. Like his hair was completely... Yeah, well, it's fully white by the end of the movie. Oh, okay, but that it's... makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, but when he comes in, his hair is gray. Yeah. And he has like his hair is longer. It's like a, it's like maybe like four inches shorter than mine. But like you know, and he has oh, like you know. Oh, we forgot to mention. We forgot to mention that the kid fucking killed the kid, right? Didn't he do that by this point? Not yet. Not yet. Oh, that's coming up. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um. So uh, oh, yeah. yeah so so he comes in. He's a child psychiatrist, and uh, you know, at this point, uh, he starts asking, "Has Michael ever had a serious psychological evaluation?" Um, because they found a dead cat in his school bag and pictures like of animals he killed. And, and you know, shit, yeah. yeah, I mean, this is, you know, later on is the dead fox when he's an adult, which is the point where I actually didn't even, I'm sorry. No, that was, that was a dead coyote. Cause I didn't even know what animal that was. 
Right. Yeah. No, I thought it was a fox. It was a coyote. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and she says Michael loves animals. Why would he do that? And he brings up how bringing pain to small creatures is an early warning sign of bigger problems. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, then we hear the Halloween theme for the first time as Michael runs from the office. Yeah. And yeah. he goes to his locker. He gets his clown mask. Um, learn, and that's when you learn early on that, like, you know, you know, yeah, you learn it from the opening scene with the clown mask. He always needs a mask. Yeah. And it's because it, like, separates his two personalities and shit. Um, yeah. Yeah, beginning. so we see the bully. He's talking about how if he gets one more detention, he'll be expelled. So if he sees that Myers pussy, he's fucking dead. Gotta get him on the weekend so we don't get mm-hmm. in trouble. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and then the he grabs happens. a random <laughs> and he grabs a random kid's hat and spits in it. And oh, uh, yeah, I'm like, fuck this kid. You weren't in spy yeah. kids. <laughs> Junie's a good boy. Well, I was gonna say I would assume it'd be a very different movie if uh if if he had acted like that in Spy Kids. Yes. Yes. You know. So Michael's watching him uh in the you know, very much in the way that Michael watches people when he's an adult. And the bully just randomly decides to walk into the woods for whatever reason. I mean, like I feel like they just like the DP or someone was like, Look at how these trees are separated, let's walk in between them. Have the kid walk in between them. And then Michael's behind one of the trees right past this little thing of trees. Yeah. I will tell you, I will, I will say this, that no matter what complaints I have about the movie, the uh, cinematography is not one of them. No, definitely not. Cin- cinematography is great in this. It is. No, it totally is. I'm just saying it's one of those things where like one of the creatives is like, oh, look at how those trees are. Can you walk through those trees and then go into the woods? <laughs> yeah. Know? Or it's entirely possible that it wasn't one of the creatives. It was fucking the Weinsteins giving their, you know fucking uh tree sap and cum covered notes yes uh you know go get maybe, your stomach maybe, pumped maybe harvey weinstein wanted him to do this scene because he found a tree that he liked to stick his dick into yes brilliant and uh you know he's like I, uh, I was in the woods last night at this exact spot that's where you need to shoot shoot the next scene there why uh just don't fucking worry about it <laughs> just, just fucking worry. shoot there is it sticky little boy you know uh, don't worry, it's, it's tree sap. Don't worry about it. Why is the tree sap white? Shut your fucking mouth. You're fired. You're fired. So, it's a so, birch tree. This is not a birch tree. It's a birch tree. So, so, uh, Michael is wearing his clown mask and he basically, uh, beats the kid to death with like a really big branch or something. Yeah, he did. He did. It's just a giant branch. I'm like, this kid already has superhuman strength. Okay, got it. So we we see Michael's first kill. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which never comes back in the movie that he's blamed for. Yeah, that, well, I mean, I would assume if, you know, I'll, I'll tell you, like, you know, I mean, hell, you're in a small town. I mean, you know, you would know. If one person gets accused of one crime like that, any, if anybody else showed up dead for the next, like, six months, they will put, put it on Michael. That's true. I mean, like, so, I don't think that I don't think that happened. You know, there were people like that, but you know, the town I grew up in had like fifty thousand people. So, but a smaller yeah. town, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, Haddonfield, Illinois, cannot be a big town. I'm sure. No, no, it can't. You know, it can't. But I get it. Maybe like a couple towns south, like Lennox or Lee or something. Yeah, they do that in the Berkshire. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so uh, at this point, we go back. We see some black and white TV show. Which uh, I'm sure all the genre people will know, and I don't, because I'm like that. Um, 
And uh, Ronnie is throwing stuff at him, calling him a psycho, uh, calling him a cat killer. Cat killer psycho boy. Yeah. Like, really being, taught- like, like basically giving him shit for being, for only killing worthless animals. You think you're a big tough killer, things like that. Like, what the fuck? You know, the thing I kept thinking of, you really, you really torture and kill all them worthless animals, huh? And I was like, that's exactly the attitude that leads to people torturing and killing more am- animals, by the way. Yes, it's exactly like how Charles and I work sometimes, too. You tell me to do something, we're going to do the other thing. Yeah. Yes. You know. <laughs> but we so, would never harm anything. We don't even yeah, kill bugs. <laughs> yeah, so at this point, um, he wants to go trick-or-treating. Uh, you know, and his mom, by the way, I think is a little too fucking lenient with him here. In fact, I would say she's pretty fucking lenient, where it's like you find out your kid is has some serious mental issues... You probably don't want to be like, okay, but you can still go trick-or-treating. Yeah, yeah, but maybe she secretly, like, excuse me, knows deep down that, like, there's something seriously wrong with him. And so, like, pissing him off in any way and getting in the way of you being late for work. Yeah. She's just like, she's going to let it happen. Judith, Judith, take him trick-or-treating. Yeah. Yeah. And Judith, Judith basically doesn't, uh, you know, once, once her mom leaves to go work at the strip club, um... Which, by the way, I felt like her song was not period appropriate. I felt so, too, and I felt like she was a really good dancer, though. Well, I mean, she used to be, like, one of the dancers for Rob Zombie before. uh, Yeah, yeah. You know, um, but, uh, but yeah, no, I remember just looking and going, okay, that's not, you know, I was around the fucking sex industry as a little kid, and I never saw a woman, you know, I mean, I wasn't around in 1978 or whatever this is supposed to be i mean you know but oh but wait 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 no so there's this documentary on hulu i wanted to talk about this i think it's called like the red the red dragon the red something and it's about a strip club in uh tulsa oklahoma um mm-hmm. and how uh strippers would have to oh. panhandle for quarters for the jukebox and if not they would have to dance to whatever the clients put on the jukebox so that could be the oh. answer oh jesus yeah that's horror. I've never heard of that. What does, yeah. does, does the club just the not want to pay it's a fucking Hulu. DJ? Does yeah. the club just not want to pay a DJ? What the fuck? Yeah, this is the seventies. Yeah, so I, I'll send you the documentary. It's a brilliant fucking documentary, and it's hilarious because they interview yeah, no, all the women every, who used to dance there who are in their like sixties, seventies, and eighties. It's really cute. Yeah, no, every fucking strip club that like I have ever known girls who worked at, the DJ was the guy with the most power, and I can only assume this was. Well, you know what? Well, we're this... gonna make sh- we're gonna make sure the DJ has no power. We're gonna have a fucking jukebox. Well, I don't jukebox. think they had it. They just had the jukebox because we're talking about the Midwest. Like we're in, in we're in Illinois here. We're talking about Oklahoma. Yeah, you know, like yeah. you're not in you're not in New York. So, but yeah, they used to have to go around when they were like not on the stage dancing and be like a quarter for the jukebox, a quarter for the jukebox. So maybe she didn't have a quarter for the jukebox. And some dude just put on what he wanted, and she had to dance to that. I'm just saying. I'm theorizing. Yeah, I've I've legit never heard of that ever. Yeah, like I will send you I, the I documentary. Will, yeah. You will love it. <laughs> yeah, like even when you know when my stepmom would be at like Show World or places like that, they had a guy playing you know fucking cassettes or whatever. Nope. You know, so uh, she looks really dead faced. She has a really like strip club in New Jersey look about her when she's uh, the f- expression on her face. Um, cause, uh, you know, if you've ever gone to like, I've, I've been to very few strip clubs because I've dated strippers and they've told me about how the women there really don't like you. 
you know, right. and so I'm, I'm just kind of like, why would I go pay people to make me horny? Um, you can't who don't do like anything me? about it too. Yeah, exactly. I'm just yeah. like, I, it never, honestly, strip clubs make zero sense to me. Yeah. Um, in fact, my dad and I used to have discussions about that, about how we never understood that. Um, yeah. like why people go to strip clubs. I'm all for the, you know, the women going who work at them. That art I think form is fucking incredible. Like the yeah, fucking I think it's, it, artistry is so cool. Yeah, I think it's fucking awesome that you're able to make money doing that. And I will totally, you know, like I said, I've had ex-girlfriends who did it. And, you know, yeah. I totally support it. But as a guy, I can't, I don't understand at all Yeah, why I, I would want to like, go to one. That my favorite thing about the strip club, like, by, uh, by my college, I used to go there every day because it was the mm-hmm. one place where I could do my homework in peace. I would sit at the bar mm-hmm. and the men wanted nothing to do with me and the women wanted nothing to do with me. And it was like my safe haven was the strip club mm-hmm. to do my homework at. You know, yeah. so like, but I'm like, that's, that's not ideal. And I see all these like goings on around me and I'm like, you can't even do anything. And like, even if you're like someone who's dancing that day, you could be enjoying it. But yeah, of course you're not going to like the men. Of course mm-hmm. you're not going to like them. They don't like you. Of course not. Yeah. You know? And in fact, in fact, um, my ex used to tell me about how like, you know, she said that most guys who go to strip clubs, they don't even want to like, like the guys who pay for the private dances, a lot of times it's not even sexual. It's that they want someone to talk to. Yep. Yeah. I've heard that. that they too. want someone, they want someone who'll just open up to the, you know, who they can talk about shit to that they can't talk about to anybody else. Yeah, I've heard that. So you're pretty much, you know, as, as my ex used to put it, she's like, I'm pretty much just a naked psychiatrist for the most part. What? A, see, I'm like, dream job. Just hitting. <laughs> you, know, you know. Yeah. And but, that happens. but, yeah. But, um, and what's interesting is she also used to tell me that, um, because uh, I, I said, I'm like, you know, she talked about how I asked her, like, you know, what do most of the guys look like? And she's like, yeah, most of the guys who come there are ugly guys. But she's like, I try to avoid the good looking guys. And I was like, really? Why is that? And she said that if a guy is good looking, why is he at a strip club by himself? Yeah. So she's like, that is a guy with serious, serious, like, personality issues. Because if he's that good looking, he should be able to get himself a girlfriend or a wife or whatever who's into the things he's into. See, I was thinking even more innocent before you said that, which, of course, didn't like, cross my mind and make sense. But I'm like, oh, he just doesn't want to be with his wife right now. You know? Yeah, no, that's how she would look at it, is that if a guy is good looking and he's at a strip club, then he has, he's either violent, or he's either violent or he has zero personality or is a narcissist or something like that. Yep. Yep. I mean, you know. it all makes sense. Yeah, oh she said, like, you know, she said, like, it's different if a guy is there with his friends, but if it's a good-looking guy who comes by himself, she said, that's a major red flag. Well, that makes sense. Good to know everyone who's listening. Like, if you're thinking about getting involved in that industry, we support you, but this is a good tip that you maybe wouldn't yeah. have otherwise. Yeah. You yeah, know. she, um, her, she used to tell me about her, her biggest client was a guy who would just do tons of coke and want her to listen to the entire Motorhead catalog. It's money. And he was, he was like, uh, yeah. Like, oh, the I mean, song she, would... she listens to is Love Hurts. Yeah, I yes, guess. Or she dances to. No, it is. I wrote yeah. it down. Mom's yeah. stripping to Love Hurts. I hate Love Hurts. Fuck Love Hurts. <laughs> that that <laughs> seems like a bad song to strip to. Yes. It was probably just on the juke. You know, well, I don't know. I mean, it is a montage scene, so we don't, uh, you know, I don't know. 
I also, honestly, a lot of songs that I know strippers dance to these days, I think are shitty songs to strip to too, but you know. Well, neither one of us really listen to modern music for the most part. Yeah, yeah, you know. Anyway. Um, <laughs> so she looks super dead-faced. As I said, it reminds me of, um, I had to, uh, I was uh, helping out a friend of mine's band in uh, New Jersey, in um, Secaucus. And, Secaucus? Uh, yeah, and they, the shitty club wouldn't let us in uh, until the band got there, and the band was late. So we were like, well, we're not going to hang out in a parking lot for the next hour or two. Um, and there was a strip club across the parking lot. Oh, so yeah. we went there. Yeah. And it was, it was just the most depressing fucking place. Cause in New Jersey, they're not allowed to get topless if it's, uh, if they serve alcohol. What? So it's literally just watching bored women in bikinis, um, who look like they want to be anywhere else in the fucking world. Yeah. That's funny, this documentary too, and I'm sorry, The Red Door, The Red Sun, no, no, that's the fucking Insidious movie that just came out. Red, Dragon, Red Sun, I don't know, I'll look it up, it's on Hulu. Um, but they talk about too, there was like a 10 year band in most mm-hmm. of the Midwest states where you could not show, um, like you could take your top off, but you couldn't take your, you couldn't show anything on the bottom, and like, mm-hmm. I just feel like so much of this is relative, relevant, on the break I'll look up what, what it is. Yeah. So that people can watch it. But yeah, no, that makes sense. That's fucked up shit. You know, well, New York is, um, you're allowed to be topless if they're serving alcohol, but not bottomless if it's, uh, if they serve alcohol. Oh, well, then people break those rules then. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's a lot of, I, I can tell you specifically a club that, uh, used I can to tell let you me, five. <laughs> yeah. That used to, used to, hell, they, the bouncer used to fucking sneak me in alcohol. <laughs> um, no, I can tell you five as in the last, like, in the last, like, four years that do that. Yeah. 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 Um, but I won't, because I respect women. So, <laughs> uh, you know, at this point, Judith is with her boyfriend. And, her boyfriend uh, he is makes, hilarious looking. He makes a comment of, like, well, if you're, he, he looks like half my friends when I was in high school. Yes. Um, and, uh, he's like, you know, what if your dad hears us? And he goes, that drunk prick ain't my, ain't my dad. My dad is in heaven. Yeah. And uh, so basically, so he tells before that, she denies. She denies taking Michael. She's like, "I'm not taking you trick or treating to Michael." Yeah, yeah. yeah. So go by yourself. Yes, but yeah, yeah. No, my dad. Which, which is a really shitty move, by the way. You know. Yeah, that's fucked up. I almost thought it was yeah. somehow less shitty than it was in the previous one, where like they never even talked about why Tommy wasn't going trick or treating when when Lori was babysitting Tommy. You mm-hmm. know. Yeah. Anyway, continue. So he tells her to close her eyes and he puts on a William Shatner mask for whatever reason. Um, and he wants to do it with the mask on. Doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Michael comes home. Uh, he appears he appears that he has done some trick-or-treating on himself because he does have like a small handful of candy corn. Yeah. It's all loose candy, which you can't get away with now. <laughs> you Obviously, know. everyone knows this. So, yeah. And he's like flicking uh, it across the table and stuff. You know, yeah. um, so he he grabs some duct tape out of the drawer and a kitchen knife. Yeah. And um, he's not even wearing like the clown outfit from the original. He's wearing a T-shirt with a clown on it. Yes. Yeah. And uh, he duct tapes Ronnie to the love seat, which um, I would normally say isn't possible because you're going to wake somebody up doing that. But if he's drunk enough, I guess you could you could get away with that. Yeah, that was a big question of mine, too. I was like, he didn't wake up at all. You know, yeah, I've never been I was that like, drunk. 
I, I've known people who, who have been. I've never yeah. been that drunk myself. Yeah. But that's usually, if someone's that drunk, that's usually when you can smell it in their pores from like fucking like six feet away from them. I don't know. My mother can smell it in everyone's pores from a mile away. Right, mom? Mm. anyway continue yes <laughs> but uh but yeah no i've definitely i've definitely known people like that who uh when they get drunk enough um that you can you can like smell it like from the next room mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know um so uh you know we get a lot of noise on the score with a tiny hint of piano here yes and it's beautiful and basically just destroys him um yeah like, he, sl so he slits ronnie's throat yeah yeah, and also right before that is the creepy shot of him, like, out the window in the clown mask. I like that a lot. I like that shot a mm -hmm. lot. Oh, and this is one of a big complaint of mine is, like, a continuity Nazi. Um, uh, is that the jack-o'-lantern that's on the scarecrow that's been sitting in the rocking chair on a porch is the biggest fire hazard you could possibly have. I'm sorry, I'm going to play mom here. You're lighting a pumpkin on fire that's in a, ro a wooden rocking chair that is on top of a hay scarecrow, and they lit it. With they lit the jack o' lantern and left it there. That's just foolishness. That is like oh, that was a big okay, concern but, of mine. But what's the continuity error about that? You said it was a continuity error. Is it not oh, lit later well, on, or what's? Yeah. Well, it's no. It was. I guess it's not continuity. Forgive me. It's the it's the fact that like you're either trying to show that this family is so fucking stupid, or you shouldn't have done it because it's a huge for. People like myself who are like, yeah, it's going to light on fire and it could have lit the whole house on fire. Just don't do that. It doesn't have to be lit. Like, these people should know better than to light fire to something that's flammable to another thing that's flammable to another thing yeah. that's flammable. I don't, I don't have a problem with that considering this family. It seems like 100% on brand. It bothered me a lot. <laughs> yeah. But, um, well, you could go complain to Ronnie about it and I'm sure he'll make a comment about sucking his dick or something. No, thanks. You know, no, um, but luckily um, that doesn't happen because Michael slits his throat really quick. Yeah. So Michael, he takes off the mask. He looks him in the eye. Now we see Judith uh, put her shirt back on and she goes to leave. And now Michael has a bat while her uh, boyfriend makes himself at home and just starts taking food out of the fridge. Yep. Mm -hmm. And uh, Michael beats him to death with the bat. And, uh, and he walks through. I thought through. that was There's a play, too. That, that was, like, an homage in a way to, like, the original where, like, Michael killed someone as an adult, like, sitting in the kitchen. He yeah. either Bobby or Paul in the original. I was like, oh, that's what that is. I don't think Paul's in the original. Paul's mentioned, but he never shows up in the oh, original. Oh, okay. Well, someone, she yeah. kills someone in the kitchen, you know. Yeah, but, yeah, he kills Bob in the kitchen, but they don't okay. have, uh, he do, they don't have the shot of him walking through bloody uh, footprints at any point. Right. Right. It's just I think. No I think. Yeah. It's gonna. It's. I don't really know if that scene's an homage to anything. It makes me think of Child's Play, if anything, because there were scenes Am of that in Child's Play. Am I confusing the movies? I'm, yeah. I might be confusing the movies. Yeah, because there's no scene in the original of Michael mid leaving bloody footprints. I'm thinking but, about Child's Play. But Child's Play <laughs> did have a scene of Chucky doing that. Yeah. Um, Maybe that's a correlation because so, this kid's ten years old. So uh, she's listening to "Don't Fear the Reaper," which mm -hmm. was in the original. Yeah. Um, and. It's interesting that Rob Zombie so often has act has there's so much more nudity in this than the original. Yeah. Uh, yet Judith is wearing way more clothes than original Judith did. That's true. That is true. But we get your ass shot, your almost bad shot, and her titties are out. You know. 
Um, she's more closed. She's more closed. Yeah, it's a, yeah. I was gonna say when she's bent over, that's a that was a pretty much like wow, that's an almost like going right up there shot. Yeah, I'm like okay. I don't fear the Reaper. What's your point? <laughs> you know, um, and Michael puts on the William Shatner mask and starts touching her leg. Yeah, which is fucked up. He's ten years old. You know, I mean, ten year old boys definitely. I definitely do. Like, it's not an attraction, but there's definitely a curiosity. Like, yeah, that makes sense. I when, learned what sex you, was at nine, so that makes sense. Because you, because you start getting into that, like, you know, like your your hormones are starting, and you're just starting to get interested in girls. And I remember, I like, yeah, like I, well, yeah, because you go from like not liking girls to like being into girls. And it's like not like I would do anything, like you know, whatever. But I remember definitely when I when I started getting like nine, ten. When my like cousin would be around me in her underwear, I would start. I would start looking. Right. Whereas before, it would be just something I wouldn't pay any attention to because that's just my cousin. Yeah. When you start getting around nine, that's when you start noticing. Makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. You know. Um. So obviously, fucks up. He starts. Yeah, he starts lifting up her nightgown. Yeah, which is fucked up. She wakes up and she thinks that it's her boyfriend, and it's not. And I'm just thinking, you know, unfortunately from the description, it tells you who he kills. And, like, the Peacock description, it says, like, after killing his sister and, you know, blah, 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 he goes on to seek this. And I'm like, well, there's the whole plot. God damn it. You know, but, um, but, so he kills her. But I was still shocked. Really? It's interesting. I mean, you know, considering that happens in the original in the first, like, minute. Well, but it already seems so different. I was like, maybe things yeah. would be different. Well, technically, actually, thinking about it, technically the first uh, four minutes, because the first two minutes are the Halloween theme in the original. Um, <laughs> and a jack o' lantern. Isn't this the only one that doesn't do that, too? Uh, I don't know. The, I'd have the, to the go. Sequel, the sequel doesn't do it either, because after I finished this movie, it went right into the sequel, and it didn't do that in that one either. But, yeah. you know, I didn't watch yeah. the sequel. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's a long story about. I, I have, I have, uh, I certainly have issues about the sequel. Um, Fair. Not for right now. Chelsea has to go yeah. to work. <laughs> yeah, so, um, you know, she's obviously freaked out by her brother touching her, and he stabs her. And uh, he starts walking through the hall, bleeding profusely from the stomach. And uh, Michael starts following her, and we get this, like, distorted version of Michael's stalking theme, which I really didn't like. I, I honestly feel like Halloween is kind of like, the per the original Halloween is kind of like the perfect score. And as much as I enjoy a lot of the more discordant industrial stuff, and we've certainly used it in Bishop's Cove with uh, David Danier used some of it, especially mm -hmm. during the hell scenes, um, I think it has a time and a place, and I felt that it was a little inappropriate at some places it was used here. Well, because he puts the mask on, too. He put the William Shatner mask is on, and it's just... It's, it's kind of funny. So it's a very, very... I, I'm giving myself credit. It's understandable where I got a, the kitchen shit confused with, like, the original Halloween to Child's Play because this kid looks like Chucky in a way in a William Shatner mask because he's so small. I don't know. He's stalking her down the hallway, though. Yeah. He's, of course she's fine. And she's now in a wife beater, which she wasn't in before. Um. Mm. Sorry, I'm just... People are calling me. I'm on my phone again. Um... But the, um, he kills her. And that actually made me really sad because I know she was like cunty to him, but it it's not her fault. 
you know? Mm. Like, I I felt for some of these I characters, mean, which was she cool. was she was pretty cunty to him, but, like, well, you know, I was, mean, she, she could know. have taken him out before going and fucking around with her boyfriend. I'm not saying she deserved to get murdered, but... Well, she could have done it right afterward, you know? Like, she may... You know... She may have done well, it right afterward, because they were still trick-or-treating afterward. You know, so, um... We and but the one thing that I found kind of like I don't know like we get an upskirt shot of her after she's dead. It's a little fucked up, you know. Which I was kind of like, well, that's that's a little inappropriate there. Um, <laughs> so he goes to his um his little baby sister and he says, uh, "Happy Halloween, boo!" And he kisses her forehead. And at this point, his mom leaves the club and is heading home. And uh, there's police all outside. Uh, well, no, it's not police yet, uh, but he and Boo are outside in the freezing weather, and, uh, he's not responding to her. Yeah, he's not, so he's already beginning this, like, this, um, pattern of not speaking, of being non His, his basically his disassociative, um, kind mm-hmm. of episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we switch this, like, sepia footage of the bodies being taken out of the house, and the news report about it. Um. They also, they gave, they gave... Way more information and showed. This way was a more. conversation. This was a conversation you and I have had before about the news during the seventies and eighties, though. Yeah. Because this was that they would say shit like that back then. And they showed like her nude body and stuff, and I'm like, that's fucked up. They would. They would not have shown her body. Well, they they would film it, but they would blur it out. Yeah. That's what they used to do back in the day. They would show them bringing like bodies out of the houses and shit, but they would usually blur it when it actually was on the news. Yeah. Yeah, no, this news reporter who in the CPO footage was just, you know, very graphic. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, fuck. And then we learned that there's a 10-year-old in custody. So at least they knew from the beginning. And also I wanted to say, too, that you never know that Boo is a girl. Yeah. You never know that. I just assumed Boo was a boy. Yeah. Well, it's uh, it's it's one of those things where I guess um, if you know Halloween lore, you know that's Lori immediately. But if you're not really as familiar with it, then yeah, it, I, he does leave it. He does. I, I think that was a kind of a nice touch for people who haven't seen the sequels and know the whole Halloween history and stuff. Yeah, that they don't know if Boo is a boy or a girl until later. Um, but if you know the, if you know Halloween lore, you immediately know that that's Laurie. Right. Um, but um, you know, uh, yeah, no, as I said, like, as far as the news report goes, I told you about that story about the uh, the diner where the guys made everybody fuck each other and stuff. Yeah. And uh, hearing that when I was, like, four on the yeah, news, like, the, all those details and shit. Yeah. So they've really toned that shit down. Uh, I mean, hell, the Central Park, uh, the Central Park jogger case. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They, I mean, you know, like, I don't know how much they uh, show on the new, on uh, on the documentaries about it. But they talked about her, like, fucking, you know, getting her panties pulled down and her head bashed. Like, they talked about all that shit in the news when I was, uh, when I was a kid, when that first happened. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, like, the news would have all these sort of details about stuff, about being raped while having a brick hit her in the head and all that sort of shit. Yeah. Yeah. Hell, there was um there was the preppy murder case, which you don't really hear very much about, um, where they had so many sort of details where um this uh preppy kid and his girlfriend were fucking in Central Park and I guess they were kinky or whatever, and he stre- he choked her with his panties with her panties and it killed her. 
Oh wow! And, I feel like and I've then he like, pe- and he pe- well, it was it was the kid. He was like this rich kid, and he got arrested almost immediately. Yeah. Um, but it was like on the news, and like there were all the details about how they were fucking and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Like on the news reports. So I don't know when they stopped being as graphic. You know what? Maybe they stopped being as graphic. Like thinking about it, probably I would say during like Operation Desert Storm or something. Because I know that there was an actual, um, there was an actual mandate from government people to news agencies to tone stuff down, because they felt that that's how we lost the Vietnam War, was hearing about all the bad things happening overseas. So you have to tone the story down and make it just seem like, yeah, America's doing great, we're rah rah rah. And I feel that maybe that spread to the to local news as well. Yeah. To tone things down, so that would have been like mid to late nineties or whatever. Yeah, that makes sense. Which would make that would make sense because then that would be why you don't remember news stories like that. Actually, no, I don't. Yeah, so that's so so. It's entirely possible that it because I know for a fact that the government actually said that to the news organizations to tone down the reporting on the Gulf War. Okay, well that makes so, sense. So, so it make a lot of sense if that also spread to the other departments while they were toning down on the Gulf War. Okay, cool. Because the well, the 80s, yeah, the 80s, they were graphic as shit. Never man. as graphic as, never as graphic as, like, Mexican newspapers. I don't know if you've ever seen those things. I mean, yes, I went to Mexico. <laughs> yeah, with, like, fucking, you know, nude, headless bodies and shit on covers and shit. And, you uh, know. Well, yeah, I mean, like, the, I feel like now even, because I watch a lot of, like, true crime of assist. Um, mm-hmm. I, uh, but they don't even show things like, um, you know, they don't even... They show, like, part of a body as long as it's not nude. There's, like, that's that's it. Yeah. Things have obviously been dumbed down. I really have to pee. I'm trying to hold it in. (laughs) Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll take our, we'll take our break and, uh, let's just, let's just get to Michael getting out of the, out of the mental hospital and then we'll go from there. Oh, shit balls. Yeah. All right. I can try and hold it. I'm not going to UTI over this though. So he winds up at Smith's Grove. Smith Grove is yeah. a sanitarium, you know, at 10 years old, he's sent to this, to this fucking institution to be studied with Malcolm McDowell, who's doctor. Yeah, Lewis. found, yeah, found 11 months later, guilty of first degree murder. Now, here's the thing that's weird to me. One of the lengthiest and most expensive in the in state's history. Why? Yeah. Why would, this seems like an open and shut case to me. Well, no, Especially it's because it's, I think the big question, though, not to interrupt, the, the big question is whether to send him to juvie, to a psych ward, or to prison and try him as an adult. But I don't know why that would be. Here's the thing. When you're in a small town and you don't have money, they're going to give you the most harsh sentence possible. Yeah, of course. So there really wouldn't be this debate. Because it's not like his mother had money to fucking, you know, give him a like rigorous jury, defense. It's not like the jury would be like, it wasn't him. It would just be about his age. Yeah, no, I guarantee you that he probably had legal aid. Yeah. You know, and, and anyone who's ever been involved in, in, in courts knows legal aid sucks. <laughs> you know, you might as well get a fucking turnip to defend you if you have a legal aid lawyer. Yeah, it might be you know, Like a public defender, yeah. is that what you're talking about? Yes, if you have a public uh, defender, you might as well get yourself a fucking a literal turnip, and just have that defend you in court. You I know be some off. really good public defenders, but just as friends, you know. <laughs> yes. But, yes, I understand a turnip. How about we go with a peach? You know, well, no peaches make me think of asses, and that'd be distracting in the court. 
grapefruit. You know, you, you don't want you don't want the fucking judge getting horny. That seems like you're trying to fucking you know fuck up the the legal system. Well, that's um, what we all try and do. Anyway, continue. so <laughs> Loomis has been appointed to watch over Michael, and Michael's you know it's I actually had a problem with Michael talking as much here. Yeah. I feel that like he should have been disassociative after his kills. Yeah. You know, because here he's just, he's like, why do you talk so funny? And he doesn't remember anything about the killings and, you know, and uh, he's friends with the, you know, uh, Machete, uh, who's the janitor. You know, Danny, Danny Trejo. Danny Trejo. Danny Trejo's the janitor. It's fucking yep. awesome. Yeah, and Danny Trejo's been there before. He's been behind. He's been behind bars, and he's been working there yes. for a while. He's been behind yeah, bars, was, and he's working there. I was going to say he's the machete. I, he's also yeah, in Spy say. Kids. He's also in Spy Kids. Yes, no, he was Uncle Machete in that. I know. <sighs> even though I've never seen Spy Kids, I know I've I hope watched I'm not Machete. Making that up. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. Here's the thing. He's in Here's Spy Kids. He not only is in Spy Kids, but Machete, Uncle Machete in Spy Kids is the same character in the Machete movies. What? Yes. What? It's it's the same director, and he has said that, yes, that is what he's, he goes, when he's around the kids, he's a great uncle, but when he's by himself, that's what happens. Yes. This is like the shock of my year. Yes. Robert Rodriguez has said that, that Uncle Machete in Spy Kids and Machete and Machete and, and Machete oh, too. Oh, so it's is definitely Junie. It's definitely Junie then from Spy Kids. That actor's name. It's definitely the same kid who got killed in the beginning. But okay, well, fuck, Charles, you just literally ruined my life. But like, made my <laughs> made my year in the same way. <laughs> you know? Yeah. No, he says that that those that uh yeah Machete that Spy Kids is canon to Machete. For fuck's sake. Yeah. Um. And and when he says you can't let these walls get you down, I almost. I wouldn't even be surprised if that was improv from Danny Trejo, because Danny Trejo is very open about having spent time in prison. Um, he spent, he, he was, as he put it, he goes, I was a really bad guy um, before I went into acting. Um, Interesting. In fact, the way that Danny Trejo actually got his first acting job was um, he was like an extra or something, because he was just trying to get like, you know, regular work or whatever. And they were, he was in a bank robbery scene, and he says they were doing it all wrong. So he was like, he didn't know how it's supposed to work, so he kind of just raised his hand and was like, no, that's not how this is, you're supposed to do this. And he showed them how they would have actually robbed that bank. That's and got upgraded. Yeah, and got upgraded to a character with dialogue because of it. And um, the director was apparently like, wow, man, you're really convincing in that. Where did you go to school? You know, where did you, go, where did you get your acting lessons? And he's like, San Quentin. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, um, you know, um, yeah, but, I, you know, like that whole you got to learn to live inside your head. I wouldn't be 100% surprised if that wasn't Danny Trejo really just talking about his experience in prison. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Um, so he, so at this point, Michael's showing Dr. Loomis a new mask. It's just painted all black because it's one of his favorite colors. And, uh, Dr. Loomis explains that black is the absence of all colors and now it's yeah. not technically a color. And, uh, I, you know, no one sees me. So blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. His mom comes in every week. Um, you know, he's showing new mask to his mom and his mom says she doesn't really like the mask. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, at a certain point, 
at a certain point, he gets left alone uh, in like the cafeteria. Oh yes, because Malcolm McDowell is gonna walk walk Mrs. Myers to her car and ask yeah. the, ask the nurse to like t- watch over Michael, and she turns his back to him. She turns his mm. back to him and re- reads the newspaper, which is like big mistake, fucking bitch. Well, that's that the woman, the uh, nurse is actually um, uh, uh, Sybil Danning, who is. Uh, oh, shit. Yeah. As I said, almost all like the bit characters and under fives in this were all like people, you know, were like very prominent uh, B movie people and stuff. Well, I mean, it's not her fault that that's what she was supposed to do. It's just like a dumb move. You, you know, I mean, the, the child serial killer. The trucker that he later kills was um, Ken Forey from Dawn of the Dead. Right, yeah. The original mm-hmm. Dawn of yep. the Dead, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so he goes and kills her. Um, at this point, uh, you know, and I, I, I don't know, it kind of bothers me with his, like, fuck your world, and all, like, I don't know, that bothers me. I, it just like, seems like, I was impressed by, the, what's her name, the zombie woman, um, who... Sherry, Sherry, Sherry Moon. Sherry Moon. And Sherry. The, I loved her, like, scream when he's screaming and stuff. She's just so, like, what did I do as a mother? You can see her downfall, and I'm really, mm-hmm. like, I'm impressed by her as an actress with that. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, because they do the thing where there's no audio except the alarm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, her mom, his mom holding her hands to her ears and screaming. Um, we see her crying at home then, watching old, like, I guess it's 16 millimeter uh footage i don't i thought, I thought it was eight but that doesn't matter whatever it is that's that's before like my time eight. so i'm, I'm yeah. not yeah, yeah yeah um so she has a gun we hear a gunshot and a baby crying and then we go i to just can't believe she fucking later. did that to her kid to do that to boo fucking shit man yeah, yeah I, anyway, at the very yeah. least yeah, at the very least, like leave him at, leave boo outside a fire department or something if you're gonna do that yeah exactly you know, so we're going to go to 15 years later and we're going to take a break right now. So that mommy can uh, pee. Mommy is me. Yeah, because we are now in the almost remake portion of the uh, film. Yes. Uh, so uh, we'll see you guys in a little bit. Um, we're going to kind of run a video about our December 16th uh, thing. I'll be signing there. Uh, you'll mm-hmm. be able to get uh, signed... Uh, uh, signed copies of uh, Demon Hunter and Teresa and Allison. Um, if you bring your own, I'll sign them. But we'll also for twenty bucks, we'll have uh, signed copy. You yeah. will have copies that I will sign there. Um, you know, so if you want, uh, you know, our stuff, uh, you know, it's a great opportunity to get it. Yeah, uh, December sixteenth. Yeah, you should be there. Yeah, for our, our uh, Bishop's Cove uh, on our limited theatrical run, which we're very excited about. So, so Chelsea, excited. why don't you go? Why don't you go uh, relieve your bladder? And My uh, we so will small. I'll see you soon. We guys. will we will see, talk to you guys soon. <laughs> hey everyone. Uh <laughs> we're back. Those of you watching will notice that uh that we're both wearing different clothes, even though I look like I'm in the same clothes <laughs> because I just have like probably like twenty-five black button-down shirts. <laughs> um Unfortunately, Chelsea's router Chelsea's router stopped working, so But my dog's voice box to, is still working fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They had to send um the robot that comes over your house and fucks your router. Um, yes, yes. And, they actually they stole the robot from Sh- Stop and Shop and just came yeah. and yeah. Yeah, same guy. Yeah, and then the robot came all over your router and that's usually how it works. Yeah, it fixed it's, it. Uh, 
Yeah, it's weird because, you know, scientists have disproven, um, you know, the whole female hysteria thing from, like, the Victorian era. Right. Um, but it's how routers work. It is routers how, work yeah. exactly like that. Yeah. yeah. Like how, and you know who taught them that was Harvey Weinstein. Yes, yes, mm-hmm. when uh, jerking off onto a plant. Yes. Um, the one good thing about that is I've actually been able to have a follow-up on a couple things we brought up earlier in the podcast. Yes. Um, for, so, for example, um, Daryl Sabara, um, who played, the Billy, but who played uh, the bully, is from Spy Kids. Good. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Yes, that's his and name. He's, he, yeah, now he's, um, it's so, so weird when you look up like a child actor and now they're like 29 or something. Oh, I know. I think you my know, biggest one is ne- with like fucking Miko Hughes, you know, like in Pet Cemetery. I, don't know. Miko, I have no idea who that is. Gage in the original Pet Cemetery and like knowing him now. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently this Daryl Sabara person mm-hmm. is currently married to someone named Megan Trainer. Oh, Megan Trainer's a really famous pop star. Oh, yeah, I've heard her name. I had no idea who she was. Yeah, you wouldn't like her music. Yeah. Um, uh, so, and uh, I realized I neglected to mention um, when we were talking about William Forsythe, who plays Ronnie. <coughs> yes. Um, you know, the abusive uh, stepdad character. Um, I, I realized I neglected, I said he was from, beam, you know, horror movies and stuff, but I neglected <laughs> to mention the character you probably would have known him as um, from Boardwalk Empire. Oh! When he was uh, Manny Horvitz, the um, Jewish uh, gangster. Yeah, that makes sense. Who actually, I remember my big impression of that character is I've never seen a character on, who's so deadly, who has such like a sweet relationship with his wife. Yeah, that's true. Because that was kind of like Manny's uh, thing. Um, And the documentary about the strip club you were looking for is the Red Dog Saloon. Yes. Yes. It's about the Red Dog Saloon. Yes. It's the best. And finally... Funny, there's a question I actually had, because mm. um, you just kind of said it and then moved on. Um, what is Neil Diamond, what does Sweet Caroline have to do with the Yankees? <laughs> nothing. No, nothing. It's the Red Sox. They played at the seventh inning stretch at every Red uh-huh. Sox game. And uh, Neil Diamond's from Brooklyn and is a diehard Yankees fan, so it's just funny. Okay. You know. So, so did he write that for the Red Sox? No. Why is why is it played at? I the have games? no fucking idea. I mean, another one bites the dust goes on at like fucking basketball games and stuff, and I'm like, there's no way Queen wrote this for that. <laughs> yeah, but that one at least another one bites the dust means someone's gonna lose. I mean, Sweet Caroline came out in the seventies or sixties or something like that. I think it's just yeah. teams just adopt theme songs. Yeah. Well, I know I know Rock and Roll Part Two was associated with uh. Uh, with hockey for a long time until uh, Gary Glitter started being associated with the like 90 million terabytes of child porn on his computer. Yeah, um, that'll pretty much end that. Yeah. Yeah. But for a long time, when people think of hockey, they'd immediately think of that. Hey. Hey. I used to play that in marching band. Yeah, that's rock and roll part two from Gary Glitter, who, um, also is uh, Gary Glitter, who was arrested in fucking Thailand for child uh, sex. Jesus Christ. Now, in Thailand, keep in mind, in Thailand, the age of consent is 14. So your frontal cortex is nowhere near fucking fully fused at that point. Excuse a me. A 14 year old is too old for Gary Glitter. That's a problem. I thought that song was 25 or 6 to 4. Like, hey, monkey, get out of my plants. I have a kitten. I have a kitten. 
You don't have a kid. You have a cat. You have a full cat. She's pretty fucking huge now. Can you get... Where's the water bottle? (laughs) (laughs) I sent you the link for the spray thing. I know. I'm getting it for... I'm getting it for Christmas. Okay. I know. It's like the first... It's like the first Christmas I'm like, Mom, Dad, so I need this spray thing for my cat. And I need new towels. Oh, and this Disney princess thing. But only one Disney princess thing. So it's like I'm growing up in the world. Oh, and in my change, I put on a Fleetwood Mac thing to honor them. <laughs> there you go. I, the one band the one band you said you will never get uh you'll never get sick of. I won't. I shan't. Yeah. I shorn't. So, uh let's get back into the film. Uh when uh last we left off, um Michael's uh, mother had killed herself. Yeah, I mean like I figured I remember that that had to happen, but I was just shocked. I was still shocked. Um, you know, so we're 15 years later now. Ah, yes. And uh, there's this Southern guard who I mentioned earlier, who's um, he's uh, saying he's his own man. He's not going to listen to Machete. And uh, they show him Michael's room and it just has hundreds of masks in there. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And he's just like a fucking prick to him. Like, let's go. Fuck not time to go. Um, yeah, and, and Michael's just huge now. Michael now played by uh, Tyler Maine, mm-hmm. who I think is like six foot nine or six ten or something like that. Yeah, like this this person has like gigantuan syndrome or something like that. <laughs> you know, yeah, he's a um, big person. Yeah, yeah, no, I would say he's actually not big enough for that. People who have that normally go over seven feet. That makes sense. Yeah, I'm like Chelsea. Yeah. Chelsea, your favorite basketball players are never shorter than like six foot eleven. So, um. Yeah, that's just that's just like a normal <laughs> tall person thing. Because I know for a fact the wrestler um, Paul Wright had that disease. Oh. And um, he would often tell a story about the first time he ever, the, his first kiss was also the first day he got arrested. Because it looked like he was kissing a child. Yes, because he was uh, 13 years old. And he kissed his girlfriend, who was 12, at a bowling alley. However, he was six foot five and had full facial hair. Jesus Christ. Wow. And so someone obviously called the police, and the police did not believe he was a child. That's so they funny. They thought that he was, yeah, like, he said it was terrifying for him. Like, he was like, I don't have ID, I'm a kid. And they were like, bull- they were getting in his face and yelling, bullshit, you fucking pervert, and yeah. Damn, that's crazy. His mom- yeah, his mom uh, was the one who had to come clear it up, yeah. That's crazy. Well, you know that I fucking, I hit puberty at nine. I'm sure I've talked about this on air before, but the, um, I hit it at nine and fucking, like, shot up to five, seven by the time I was, like, ten years old. And actually, where mm-hmm. Boardwalk Empire takes place, we were walking that boardwalk in Atlantic City, um, like, on a family vacation, and I was ten. And, like, I got propositioned and, like, hit on and all this stuff and, like, glared at and, like like, almost, like kidnapped like all within that boardwalk walk like up and down and my mother was right there and she's fucking hilarious she's she's a fucking child (laughs) i was very proud of her but yeah it looked like it looked like a giant person like i would think i was 5'11 by the time i was like 12 or 13 so it's rough a lot of a lot of taller girls have that growth spurt around um that age like Mm -hmm. there was the um, the girl that I had that, like, weird, you know, lifelong relationship thing with where we, you know, mm-hmm. uh, back from, like, where I got kicked out of preschool because of her and then later discovered she was, like, my crush who I just made miserable in fifth grade, you know. Um, she She was, like, ta- she was towering over everybody. Yeah, we do that. 
Um, yeah, she because she was like five nine before any of us were, uh, you know, started growing. Yeah, that was me. And then by the end of eighth grade, I was as tall as her. But like in fifth grade, she was towering over all of us by like a foot. Yep, that was me. Got picked on so bad, yeah. so bad. Look yeah. at me now. There you go. Yep. You're, now you've uh, grown an extra two inches. <laughs> I have. But hey, they all have like five children and like three arrests and a couple like yeah. attempted murders on their hands. So I think I'm winning. Yeah. Yeah. I actually, you know, it's it's scary now that now I'm at the age where, well, not all of my friends because, you know, um, but a couple of my friends are actually grandparents now, like that I went to high school with. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, like if their kids had like a kid like at 16 or something like that, yep. you know. Fucking crazy. So, so it's it's really weird now hearing like you know I, I made a joke to one of them the very first one that that happened to and I'm like no no I refuse to accept that any of us are old enough to be grandparents you tell your daughter to put that kid the fuck back in <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah so uh, Machete basically gives us the universal code for he's going to die in a movie by telling us he's going to retire in three months. Pina, I know you have feel very passionate about Machete, but like right now, mommy's talking about it. <laughs> yeah, he wants to, you know, Peanut wants to be involved in the conversation. She does. Nana, uh, no, no, yeah. do you want to come over here? Do you want to be a part of the podcast? Or are you just going to stare, just staring off into space and you're scaring the shit out of me? Machete is not in the apartment, Peanut. I promise. I looked. So here's the other thing. Um, how do you feel about Michael being so huge? Because Michael was normal-sized guy in the other versions. Yeah, I mean, like, of course I wondered, like, because I've never been with a gigantuan person, not that he has that syndrome, but, you know, I was like, I wonder how big his dick is. Is of course, the first thing I think about. And then I think about Chelsea. He probably hasn't showered in forever. Don't think about that. <laughs> yeah, that was, a, that was the thing that's going to pop up in my notes, because there's so many times where Michael sneaks up on people. Yeah. And all I, and all I can think is, how does no one smell this man? Yeah, that was a big thing, too. Like, these are your given circumstances. This man is not allowed to shower, I don't think, you know? So, like, he's well, it, a lot of times in situations like that, um, they would, uh, you're literally like still chained while you're showering. Makes sense. But a guy like this, who it seems all of the guards are, cl- you know, I mean, so maybe he still showers in, um, in the prison. I mean, not in the prison. I keep calling it a prison. In the uh, mental hospital. In the sanatorium! Or, but he's not showering once he's out, and he's out for a couple days. Yeah, that's gross. Yeah, you'd definitely be you able know. to smell him. It'd be like, a, like, like the houseless people in New York in the summertime. Yeah, so it's weird when you see him, like, you know, hiding behind a door, and no one notices him there. And I'm like, no one has working noses? Nope. Like me, no one right now. The, I have a fever, the, guys. The, just so you know, that's what it is. It's not the, drugs. Well, you too. What you need is more cowbell. But um, yes. <laughs> but yeah. So this uh, southern guard, he's saying he's his own man. Blah blah. We see that Michael has like hundreds of masks in his uh, in his um, cell in, in his yeah. in his cell, and uh, he's Machete paper macheing. Making yeah, another and Mich- Michelle warns him. Not, uh, Michelle Machete <laughs> warns him not to. Uh, not to touch any of the masks. Yes. And he's like, God damn, I wouldn't want to bum the freak out. And he's telling him he's sorry for the chains, and he's telling this dude he's been taking care of him for 20 years. Um, and then we see Dr. Loomis singing he hasn't said a word for 15 years. And yeah. that he's become kind of like my best friend. 
And it shows yeah, you. It's also so sad and funny. It it's also weird too that like they're not you know that's why I said I I guess that's why I do wonder if they are showering him because he doesn't have his hair cut and that's usually a thing when you're in those places is they're not just but if he doesn't have his hair cut why does he not have a beard? Maybe he can't grow facial hair. Maybe I know maybe. people I know so many men who can't grow facial hair. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Like I was on a I, I was meeting yesterday. I was on a Zoom meeting and someone I was on the phone with on the Zoom with. I just was like, you look like it wasn't yesterday, the day before. The um the uh it was like your little patches of pubes on your neck look terrible. Get rid of them. Stop trying. <laughs> you know. Mm. So just stop trying. If you can't do it, don't do it. Well, you know, like, I mean, I was, I used to be someone who I wouldn't, I was never able to grow a full beard, but I was able to grow like basically a goatee would, would grow it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I, and I would definitely get stubble if I, but it would be like, if I didn't shave for like four or five days, I would start getting stubble. Now, now the times where I have shaved for a roll or something, I get stubble the next day. Right. It's like you're a grown up. Um, I don't. I, yeah. All I, I do all I possibly can for you. And I'm sorry to tell you that this is my last day and I have to carry on. Um, and then who's he, he's talking to someone here where he says these eyes will deceive you and destroy you. And you're oh, he's talking that's to you. The like, lecture he's that's giving. the lecture. Yes. He has a book come out because what does any great doctor do? Write a book about the most fucked up people they take care of. Um, and he says these, and it's a picture of him as a kid. Um, and he said, these eyes will deceive you and destroy you and your innocence and your pride and eventually your soul. So, yeah. Um, he says behind these eyes, they find only blackness and absence of light. So he's quoting, I like how they do quote things that, um, you know, bring back things that they talked about earlier. Like when he was talking about when he was a kid, like the opposite of blackness and color and blah, blah, blah. Mm. Um, these are the eyes of a psychopath. And Michael was created by a perfect alignment of interior and exterior factors gone horribly wrong. Like, oh, God. It was like, he knows exactly how to talk about him. <laughs> and yeah, so... They have to move him. On. They have to move him yeah. tonight. Um, I just like to have a donut, Larry. So they're talking... Cops talking about donuts. That did make me laugh. <laughs> well, this is all like the, you know, like the, the B-movie actors and stuff. This is the scene that uh, is not in the un- unrated version. Oh, it's that one. Yeah. So they're going to move Michael Myers on Halloween night. So he's all chained up, breaks the chains and kills them all with the chains and with his hands. I'm like, nice. Except for the woman initially. And uh, she shoots. Well, that's only because she's that's only because she's on the other side of the door. Yes. And so she shoots one of the security guards instead of Michael. And then Michael just slits her throat and drags her body. And I'm like, oh, this makes sense. And then Machete comes back. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, so that's, so as I said, in the um, unrated version, that scene is not there. Instead, it's that Southern Guard uh, dragging a pa- another patient in there, mm-hmm. and they start raping her in Michael's room. Um, Jesus. And one of the guys, uh, one of the, uh, the guards puts on one of Michael's masks while fucking her, um, and that's what sets Michael off, and he kills the two guards and then escapes. And Where then the it fuck goes can right you watch to- this one? Um, it's, uh, I mean, those scenes are available online and stuff. Um, but I've seen, when I first saw the movie, I saw the unrated version. So I distinctly remembered that scene. Damn. Um, cause, cause it's a pretty brutal, it's a pretty brutal and graphic scene. Yeah. I mean, it seems it, but I guess yeah. scenes like that will always just stick in your head. You cause, know? cause the, no, I mean, it, but it like the, the woman playing the patient, like she's fighting the whole time. Oh, really? Yeah, she's fighting the whole time there. Damn. 
<laughs> so it's so it's you know it's it's not like you know where she just lays down and cries or whatever. She's fighting and screaming no and all that while they're you know doing it. Instead, now they made it so there are no other pages in this sanatorium because we never yeah. see another one. Yeah, and then it goes right. Then it would from that scene it cuts right to, um, uh, you know, uh, a machete uh, coming in. <laughs> And, and uh, the phone starts ringing, right? Yeah. 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 Where am I, Chelsea? Um, so this nurse is, like, bleeding out, and he's checking the pulse of everyone, and he, came, he comes face-to-face with Mikey, old boy, old buddy, old pal. Um, and he's telling him to get back in his own bed, okay? I don't think he even knew that they were, he was getting moved that night. Like, it seemed that way, you know? Yeah. Um, he presents his hands and gives him handcuffs. And he's, uh, Michael throws him against the wall and onto a table and into the gate and, like, waterboards him. Um... And he says, it was good to you, Mikey. And I have to imagine, too, because I've never been waterboarded on camera or in real life. Or not, you know, like, drowned well, that like that. He didn't, he didn't really, yeah, he drowned him. He didn't waterboard him. Waterboard yes. him would, would have been if he put, like, the towel over right. his face or Well, then cloth. what the fuck? He attempted to drown him in this thingy. Whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. Minutia. The, um, like, what that must be like as an actor, you know, to, like, do that. It's got to suck. Yeah. I'm trying to remember what movie it was where they actually really did waterboard the actor because they said that there's really not a way to fake that. Um, yeah, we that we actually originally had um, that in uh, one of my scripts and we cut it out because we literally could not find a way to not really do it. Well, that's good. Yeah, Charles you know, is open um, to change. <laughs> And getting rid of graphic things. (laughs) You know, well, because, you know, I mean, Emily goes through a lot in Bishop's Cove, but that was one of the things where, like, we, I I did so much research into how do you do that, and over and over again, it would be like the actor being like, well, they just had to do it to me, and I had to deal with it, and I was like, I'm not really going to waterboard one of our actors. I know, that poor girl anyway, I mean, Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah, exactly, so, you know, I mean, we found a good substitute, but, you know. Yes. Um, yeah, apparently most of the time when they do it to an actor in a thing, because you can't really fake that, you know, yeah. unless you use a fake body and those are expensive to use. Yeah. Because you have to make a whole animatronic and shit. Um, yeah, the actor ends up really getting waterboarded <laughs> for the scene. Bless you. I have buggers coming out of my nose. <laughs> oh, no. Oh my god. So, yeah. So the lesson of this of this uh scene here really is don't be nice to anyone ever because they will murder you with a television. Yes. What a way to go out. Oh my god, I'm dying. Um Yes. So it was <laughs> I'm trying to sneeze. <laughs> Bless you. Thank you. It didn't. Don't ruin my sneezes. Now I'm offended. Now you carry on. <laughs> you know I hate yeah. it when people take my sneezes. I know, but uh, I'm sorry. I'm a grandpa. I don't remember these things. Um. At least you know yourself. Oh, this is going to fall on me. Charles is accepting but, um, things. And you realize now that you've got a big blue thing there, I'm going to totally just... It's falling. <laughs> I'm going to key that. I'm going to key the shit out of that. It's my no green screen. What, what, what you're going to be behind the whole time. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I just, get, I just get my office set back up in the new place, and this is what I get for it. That's fucking hilarious. That's so funny. But, um... Go away. Yeah, so <laughs> the doctor, uh, Dr. Loomis discovers that Michael's out. Um, and so is the blue screen. <laughs> and so we go to a uh, gas station where Tom Sawyer is playing. So I, I know this. Um, I know this classic rock song. Oh, do you? That's great. Yes, yes because uh, mindless self indulgence uh, covered it. 
Oh. Uh, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. They did like a minute and 45 uh, second version of Tom Sawyer. Oh, that's cool. Where they sped it up like that much. Um, so the, tr- the trucker here is uh, Ken Forey from uh, Dawn of the Dead. Right. And uh, he's telling everybody not to, uh, not to fuck up his paint job. So he goes into the bathroom to shit. While jerking off, I guess. King shaming, not allowed here. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> oh, man. Here's the thing that, well, here's the thing that I found odd, odd. Yeah. Because, you know, this scene is obviously in the unrated version. Mm-hmm. But um, I didn't know you can show buttholes in, like, an R-rated movie if it's just a picture. Oh, I think that makes sense. Because there's a real, I mean, the, the, the porn he's looking at is full-on porn. It's a really explicit picture. Yeah, you can see your vagina, and, too, from the back. You can see her vagina and you can see her butthole. Yeah. Like, she's fully bent over, and I was like, I was surprised you can actually show that in an R-rated movie. Yeah. Um, I mean, I mean, I, you know, I've seen an R-rated movie that had a vagina in it, um, Basic Instinct. Right. Um, but that's a very quick shot. This is, and, you know, and I would assume that someone's, like, actual rectum is off-limits in a, uh, <laughs> an R-rated movie, <laughs> but I guess if it's a picture... <laughs> it's okay and that doesn't matter yeah that, yeah that's you know. interesting to know don't get any ideas charles yeah. well because like i had no idea you know like i mean i saw the unrated version so i figured okay you can show whatever in an unrated version yeah. you know mm-hmm. but um in the uh in this version i was very surprised those pictures were still in it right later on by the way later on by the way there's a really neat um cgi trick to hide someone's pubes um that uh, I didn't notice until until uh, I actually stopped and I stopped and freeze framed it because I was like, wait a minute, what the hell is on her crotch? Um, when uh, when uh, Linda gets killed and they show her nude or whatever, there's a shot of her body laying down, and I saw something across her crotch, and apparently they CG'd the knife onto her crotch in a position where the knife would not be, but I guess that was to hide her, her uh, pubic area. Okay. And it's very, and, and it's, it's, you know, it's only shows for like two seconds, so most people wouldn't notice it, but it is clearly CG. It is not an item actually put on top of her. So it, mu- it must have been them like, oh, we can't show this, so put something on top of it. Put the knife on it, put the knife on it, put it on there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because it's very, it, it was one of those things where I was like, wait a minute, did, did they, like, show her C-string or something like that? And then I paused it, and no, it's the knife. That's creative and not very, great for continuity. Very clearly, very clearly an unnatural-looking, like, it looks like it's from a PS2 game. Oh, that's like, you hilarious. Can tell it's no, you can tell it's not, because I guess because they figured it's only going to be in for two seconds, so no one's really going to look at it. You're like, I looked but, at it. You know, I was, uh, I found that really amusing. So anyway, Michael knocks on the stall and he's like, buddy, I got a taco deluxe taking, uh, talking back at me. So it's going to be a while. Do you mind waiting somewhere while I, and let somewhere else and let me pass this beast in peace? See, that was just hilarious. I went back because I was like laughing at it. I had to go back and write it down because I thought it was fucking hilarious. Yeah, because I thought it was so funny. (laughs) I loved it so much. Actually, I'm going to have tacos for dinner. You know, well, there you go. And you can pass that beast uh, in peace later. Yeah, um, so, I can. So Michael starts knocking on the door. And he's like, look, brother, if you're looking for some kind of action, you better take it to the archers before I'm done dropping this load or you'll be some sorry asshole. 
I'm like, no, you have a sorry asshole if you're fucking dropping this taco deuce right now while masturbating. Like, that's not great. You know, and apparently his name is Joe Grizzly. Yes, bro. I'm Joe Grizzly, bitch. I'm going to cut that mask right off your face. Um, yeah, they start fighting. Michael bashes him into the divider so hard that he breaks through it. Yeah, um, what was weird is that there's glass on these stall doors, which doesn't make any sense. Did you notice that? Usually they're just like this. No. Yeah, no, it's like glass shattered and came off of it. I was like, that's interesting for like a truck stop fucking bathroom. The only thing I kept thinking of is is that um, so before he goes to fight Michael, he puts on his overalls, but he doesn't stop to wipe or anything. Yeah, that's fucked up. I was trying to avoid talking about it. <laughs> yeah, so that's that. That was the further thing that I was like, "Wait a minute, Michael!" Now not only does he smell like body sweat, he put on a pair of overalls. This man put on after shitting without wiping. Without wiping, yeah, always wipe people. You gotta wipe until there's no shit on the toilet paper. Okay, that's so my word of we, advice for this podcast. So we go to uh, Haddonfield where we hear a cover of Mister Sandman, um, which people will know from uh, Halloween Two, which was the first time I ever heard Mister Sandman. Oh really? Um, I used to cover it. Yeah. cover it in like a barbershop quartet in high school. Yeah, Mr. Sandman in the original um, Halloween two, it opens with the Halloween theme, but then it goes right into Mr. Sandman when we go to Haddonfield. Interesting. Yeah. So now we're seeing a completely different family from the Myers. Um, yeah. The Strodes. The Strodes. Yeah. Yeah. It's basically like this is where we. Um, what did I wrote? I wrote Laurie Strode likes older men. <laughs> um, I don't know why I wrote that. Well, no, she said that Mr. Nichols <laughs> is a horny old pervert. And guess what, uh, Mom? Mr. Nichols touched. You know, the thing is, I actually found this version of Laurie a bit too obnoxious at times. Yeah, I, w- I would like a, like maybe a little middle ground. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like it, it felt like they were like, okay, well, we don't want to make her as repressed as the original Laurie, but they went the exact opposite yeah, way. Yeah, like I was like, times, shut up. Like when she. Like, when she meets Tommy, she's just a jerk to him about, like, the boogeyman this time. Yeah. No, she was very Linda and Annie of her. You know? But I realized I didn't hate Linda or Annie as much as I did in the first one. You know, um, and her mom is uh, played by Dee Wallace, Mm -hmm. uh, another alumni of our uh, other films. Uh, She was the lead in The Howling, so. Yes. Oh, Dee. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, no, like, you know, like, it's weird, because, like, Laurie in the original is really nice to Tommy, and you can tell Tommy's like this bullied kid, and she's like the one person who's really nice to him. Yeah. And here she's kind of like just a jerk to him. Yeah, yeah, no, she's kind of a bitch. She, but this is basically where we get the opening of the original Halloween, not the Jack O' Lantern two minute sequence, but you know, like, yeah. this, so this is the remake of the movie. <laughs> so. So did he ask her to put the keys at the Mike at the Myers house? I don't recall him saying. Yeah, yeah, saying yeah. That. He did. Oh, they did. He did put okay, the mail. Maybe I just missed the dialogue. Put it in the mailbox at the Myers house, and then she runs into okay, Tommy. Maybe- Leave me alone, boogeyman. Yeah. Um. Somebody likes soccer, and tells she tells him to lay off the candy corn. I'm your babysitter. You're crazy. I know this. Uh, um. Uh. You know. I was like, you're kind of a fucking bitch. And then um. So Michael's in the attic of his own house now, digging shit up. Finds his old knife and the mask from earlier, and then we hear the theme And as he puts the mask on. But he holds it up to his which, face, too, which is interesting. Which I was going to say, I actually appreciate that um, uh, they stopped all, like, the distortion on the uh, themes here. Yeah. 
Yeah. And it was just the classic theme, which, you know, as I said, it's, it's perfect as it is. You don't need to change it. That's putting a hat on a hat. It's putting a hat. Now I want to put a hat on a hat. You know, um, but yeah, she refers to Tommy as Spaz Monkey. Yeah, like you can't say and she that. Pretends, and she pretends to get pulled in at the Myers house um, just to terrify him. Right, that's fucked up. Come on, Nana, you want to be a part of it? Come here. Come yeah. here, yes. So, Come. Uh, Annie now, yeah, so Annie now uh, comes to, uh, uh, Lori's talking with Annie and Linda. Annie is basically not just going to pretend to watch Lindsay Wallace and not even watch her. Yeah, no, I was like, well, that happened quickly. <laughs> you yeah, because Mrs. Wallace is a lush and they'll be out all night getting hammered. Yeah. Um, and then now Lori really hates lying, which it seemed like they completely changed her personality for a scene here. Like, I wonder if this was written first and they were trying to make her more like original Lori and then changed it. And we're like, fuck it. Let's go the other way. Yeah, there were a couple of scenes like that. It was like, she's really nice here. I was like, maybe she's got BPD. I don't know. You know, they didn't talk about yeah. that in 2007. So. Yeah. So, so we cut to Dr. Loomis. Um, he's upset that they haven't worked hard enough. He's talking to Udo Kier, who is here basically to kick anyone who liked the robot, the Robocop reboot in the balls for their crimes against cinema. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and he ta- and, you know, it's the typical, like, I don't think he's going to Haddonfield. And and uh, Dr. Loomis is like, it must be great living in denial. I must try it. Sometime. I love that line. Yeah, you know. I love that so, line. Linda is now somehow off the squad, um, is kicked off the cheerleading squad because uh, she suggested um, going commando. And, and the line is rocking some snatch. I did not. Um, I did not hear that at all. That's so funny. Yeah, that's the that's the line there. And that was that was I was actually going to ask you about that line, because um, I've never heard a woman use the term rocking some snatch before. Well, now I'm going to. And I wondered, um, and I wondered if uh, I was like, this is an example of uh, why John Carpenter had his uh, girlfriend had his girlfriend uh, writing the, di- the dialogue for the women. <laughs> that's yeah, that's a smart, that's a smart move. Yeah, that's a terrible uh, line. You, you, you know, when there's a line of uh, girls saying to each other, "Let's go commando and rock and rock some snatch," <laughs> that uh, a man a man wrote. That. Oh, hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, I'm like I'm thinking of like a couple of men who I'm just like, oh, they've written something similar. You know who I'm talking about? Um, yes. yes. What's the one with the uh, the Chelsea bondage that I told you? I showed you the Chelsea bondage. The picture I showed you the other day. Where? Well, oh well. Why? Um, I don't remember. Hmm. Uh, I'll tell you. Yes, all please. So. Um, this is the point where I just wrote, everyone is awful in this version. Yeah. Not awful yeah. actors, just awful people. Yes. Yeah, that's true. You know, the acting, the acting isn't even bad at all, but it's, the characters are all just kind of now shitty people. I don't think Malcolm McDowell's, that character is shitty in this. I mean, they, they basically go out of their way to make it look like he's exploiting, um, his relationship with Michael for his own personal Well, profit. that is so true. even him. Yeah. But that's like, I feel like the most realistic thing. I was like, I'd do the same thing. <laughs> oh, I mean, it's completely realistic, but it's very different from the original one was really seemed concerned that Michael would get out and blah, blah, blah. This one, until Michael actually does get out, kind of was like, well, Michael, I've I've been around you. Now it's time for me to use you for my book tour. Yep. That's true. Touche, touche, touche. Yeah. So it's interesting, though, because this is the point where... They, 
even though the characters are now shittier people, they're still recreating certain scenes. Yeah. Like, when the three of them are walking down the street, I'm like, okay, I assume this is, means that Laurie's going to see Michael now, and there you go. Next thing you see is they all see Michael. Yeah, but they fucking yell um, at him, which is like, I'm like, I think yeah. that's great, too. Like, fucking yeah. pervert. He could be dangerous or something. Oh, my God, you should date him. Um, well, Annie pulls, Annie pulls the my dad is the sheriff card, and here's where I wrote, these really are unlikable protagonists. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, so we see Annie's dad uh, coming uh, up, which is Sheriff uh, Brackett, um, played by Oscar Award winner Brad Dourif, a.k.a. the voice of Chucky. Oh, shit! Yeah. God, this movie really got everyone, didn't they? Y- yep, yep, yep. He offers a, a, a ride to the girls, and Annie rides home, and Linda... Linda, right to his face, is like, bacon mobiles make me nervous. Yeah. Yeah, like my Linda's just like has like ca- throws caution to the wind on everything. But every character here is kind of just a jerk to everybody. Yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't want to go to Haddonfield. <laughs> y- y- you know, so um, Linda then asks if he was flirting with her, and we cut to a uh, Doctor Loomis with the late Sid Haig. Yes, that was like an is, aww moment. Yeah, who is who is now the gravekeeper? Yes, and. Uh, Makes sense. And instead of talking talking about, I remember there was some weird thing he was talking about with a hatchet and all that in the original. Mm-hmm. And here he's directly talking about how Michael's mom blew her head off. Yeah, that is interesting. Yeah, and he's and then he starts talking like yeah. as if he doesn't Sorry, know who Lord. Loomis is. You know. Yeah. Well, then he starts talking about how the doctor, the, the piece of shit doctor, wrote a book that's blood money. Yeah. Oh, that's you what know. it is. Yeah. That book is yeah, a masterpiece. Yeah, exactly. Dr. Lewis, like, I've, I've read that book. It's a masterpiece. Fucking <laughs> um, hilarious. So, um... Someone's desecrated you know, the grave. I, yeah, uh, at this point I wrote, I can't even identify the animal that Michael put on it, but it did does turn out later on it's a coyote. Yeah, yeah, I put fox and they yeah. corrected it. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and the, the weird thing is, he's, um, he says, I know whose grave that is. But then they don't tell us exactly who that is, which you realize there's actually two choices because they added the mother to the film. Right. You know, like anyone who knows the original would know that it's Judith. Yeah. But now that you've added an extra an extra character from his family who's died. Yeah. And don't say who it is. Well, they could have been buried together. Yeah, but it still would have been. But when he says, I know whose grave that is, that sounds singular. It does. We should write a strongly yeah, so worded that, letter. I'll, I'll write Rob Zombie and complain about his use. Great of, idea. Uh, I'm going to go through this yeah, whole I'm box sure. of Kleenex. I hope that anyone, has, if anyone has a weird, like, snot kink shit, like, kink, this is the place to go today. Here we go. There you go. There you <laughs> go. Oh, yeah. Um, so now uh, we now see... Um, now, here's the thing. I didn't know, like, I don't know, like, maybe it's weird, but I didn't realize these two characters were Linda and Bob in the next scene. Oh, really? Yeah, I didn't realize it until they started calling each other Linda and Bob. Yeah, I mean, I guess that makes sense. I just assumed, but I thought it was weird that they were going, like, I, no, I didn't, I didn't think it was weird. I kind of liked that they changed it up and they were like, we're going to go sleep in the Myers house as opposed to being in, like, Annie's, wherever she's babysitting the fucking kids' yeah. house. I like that. I, I will give them one thing I act that I think actually improved in this version is the fact that Linda calls him out for being a lousy lay and coming so quickly. Yes. 
And you didn't even have to have fun, like hump her leg in order to say that. Because that was certainly a thing that you and I commented on mm-hmm, last time. Mm-hmm. And here, um, you know, here, as soon as she comes, she's like, what the fuck? You know? Um, it is hilarious. And, uh, yeah, and he asks how he is on a scale of one to ten, and she says a zero. <laughs> what a bitch. That's so funny. But hey, men don't learn and, otherwise. And he says zero plus eleven, which... Oh, boy. You know. Maybe I... Bl- um, I didn't I even write also- that down. I think I must have blocked it out. Like, I don't want to hear about this. <laughs> I should also note, by the way, that um, uh, before she starts listening to Don't Fear the Reaper, um, she's they're listening to Halloween 2 from, uh, from uh, The Misfits. Um, so that Glenn Danzig can be in this film as well. Um, Put him in everything. <laughs> yeah. So um, Linda starts talking about how she was bummed by what Annie said. Um, and uh, he, okay, so he goes to the van to get more beer. And it is a good question because I don't know if people do this because I've never done it. Um, I, I don't drink beer because of my, my condition. But back when I did... I would never put empties back in the cooler. And have you experienced people who do that? I think Michael just drank it all. I don't think that. I, I, I know, you know, but it'd be but, really fucking funny. You know. <laughs> I was like, Michael's an alcoholic. But, Got it. <laughs> but, um, no, but yeah, you don't no, do that. Like, yeah. <clears throat> no, don't do that. I, I almost wondered in my head, I just imagined it as like, oh, well, he's discovered that half the beer cans are props. Um, <laughs> so. That's funny. <laughs> That's funny. So, and I do like, I do like this addition that Bob actually wears the sheet and glasses before being killed by Michael. Yeah, I was like, oh, it is actually him this time. That's cool. Oh, never, he's, dead. Because, he's dead. Yeah, because that gives Michael the reason for actually, you know, like kind of looking like that. Like it, it makes more sense. Yeah. I was like, but still, I was just like, you have so many masks, old buddy, old pal, you know, <laughs> this sheet is just so silly, but it does make more sense having the dude wear it before him. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So, uh, you know, then they repeat what happened with PJ Souls, where he comes into the room and she's like, do you see anything you like? She shows her boobs. Um, and Michael holds out the beer and she gets up and uh, Michael strangles her while she's naked, um, which is another thing that I was very surprised they kept in the R-rated version. Yeah, well, didn't they cut it off before the vagina there? I think they did. Yeah, yeah. which I, they, they, um, the, the unrated version, I could distinctly remember seeing her pubes, so I think they probably cut the frame a little more. Okay, that makes sense. In the, uh, in the R-rated version. Um, oh, we forgot so that Michael, Michael, Strang- Str- Michael strangles and puts Bobby in the wall, too. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Yeah, that happens which first. Once, which the knife is in further, but it's still not in far enough to actually pin someone to a wall like that. Yeah, it's not. It's yeah. not. But see, that's the problem is you can't really pin someone to a wall with a kitchen knife unless they're like 100 pounds or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They have to be super petite because the average human torso is so much. You, know, you would need like a machete to pin someone to <laughs> a wall. Danny Trejo, where are you at? <laughs> Well, dead. His head was crushed by a TV. <laughs> but, right. Um, right. Yeah. So, um, Dr. Loomis is here. He's buying a 57 Magnum. Um, I do love the dialogue here because there's so many movies where someone goes to a gun shop, and I've never gone to a gun shop, so I don't know if gun shop owners really love telling you the details of every particular bit of a gun. No. Um, but I really enjoyed 
um, that he's doing the very typical movie thing where he's telling everything about the movie, you know, everything about the gun. And Dr. Loomis is just like, yeah, um, can we, can, can I just buy it, please? I'm in a hurry. Yeah, it's funny. That's really yeah. funny. Uh, yeah. So, um, Lori's now with her mom, and they're giving out candy to trick-or-treaters. And Lori goes out to babysit Tommy, and mom yeah. wants a vacation, dad wants sex, and Michael wants stabbing. That's what I wrote. Yeah, Lori's, Lori's dad, dad is down to fuck. He really is. Um, he really is. Yeah. Um... I'll give you some lovin' later, but first you gotta stoke, stoke the fire. You gotta stoke the fire. Yeah, and she's hungry. It's just... <laughs> I'm like, that's like one of the most realistic relationship things I've seen in people that age. I was like, you know... Because it's, it's always weird to see, because you don't really want to see it or hear it. But it does happen. Yeah, well, fill, us, fill me in on this, because you know I don't have any parental figures, so I've never seen that. And my dad was... Da- when my dad was like... Twice as old as like your parents, he was still dating like twenty five year olds. So like, yeah, the um, I mean, it does. I haven't seen it in a long time from my folks because they've been broken up for mm-hmm. so long, and like stepdad figures like too old really to do anything. Mm-hmm. But they do like like he'd be like, "Oh baby," and my mom would be like, "Can you put the news on?" <laughs> 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 so I'm like, this is exactly how that goes. So it's a lot of that, like, I'm, you know, like, he's down to fuck, and she's like, I'll give you some loving later, but you gotta stoke the fire first. Um, Can you please put on ABC? Thank you. (laughs) I'll make dinner at seven. Great. When Wheel of Fortune's on. It is kind of sad that he, um, that he does kill, uh, Lori's, uh, adopted parents here. Yeah, that's so fucked up. I didn't even put together that it was, that Lori was his sister yet. Yeah. Because I thought Boo was a boy. but I mean, that's that's the thing is it's kept kind of, uh, you know, so I guess you've never you've never seen uh, Halloween two then the original Halloween. I don't two. think so. Because that's where they established that it was his sister. But the new trilogy completely got rid of that. Oh, well, those are the ones I've seen recently. So maybe that's why. Yeah, the new trilogy um, completely uh, got rid of Michael being his his uh, uh, Lori being Michael's sister. Mm. But in the original uh, films, that was a whole big reason for him coming after Laurie, was that that was his sister. You know what? And then Rob Zombie adopted that from the original, yeah. Okay, well, that all makes sense. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, so this is really, really devastating, you know, seeing them die. Made me really, really sad. So he uh, snaps mom's neck. I don't remember how he killed the dad, just stabbed him or something. Yeah, yeah. You're horny? Ho, 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 stab, stab. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, well, he stabs, he stabs, uh, her mom first, and then he strangles her. Yeah. And then he throws her through the coffee table, and it's, it's actually a pretty violent death, too. Yeah, I wonder if D was just like, that's what I want. You know? Well, as long as there's no one naked on set, she's fine. Um, so, a little call back to our uh, episode about the howling. Um, so, uh, you know, uh, Tommy is now asking if the boogeyman is real. And here's where I, I, I put the line of, um, uh, I put, I imagine this is how you were as a babysitter. Oh yeah. A little bit. A little bit. Yeah. Because you were talking about that, about how you were like, yeah, I would indulge uh, the kid if he asked that sort of question. So, yeah. I, when, I uh, hope he's doing okay. Yeah. You know, <laughs> when, um, 
And now he is wearing a William Shatner mask and hunting people. I wouldn't be surprised, honestly. The Upper West Side. Yes, I would not be surprised. Yeah. Oh, fuck, I missed I his birthday like, this year. That's why the mom's not talking to me. Okay, copy you. Mm, Maybe send a yeah. holiday present or something. I don't know. A, a sternly worded letter. Yes. Um, <laughs> that's what you'll send for the holidays. A burp in a jar. Be like, that's $80, please. You know, you'll send, um, like, uh, what's the, the, uh, the Twitch streamer who, um, who was selling, uh, her, her bath water. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, I know people who sell their farts. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, We're fucking up. But, um, Lori asks, uh, why he believes, and, uh, then Lori says it's true. He likes to eat little boys like you, and the boogeyman's here. You're gonna die. <laughs> and it's a little fucked up. I just put, this is... This is not appropriate babysitter. Be- oh, he actually says this is not appropriate He's babysitter. He's so be- funny. This kid is witty as fuck. Yeah. You know, I was like, God, yeah. that's a great child actor. I hope he's doing okay. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. We'd have to look. He's not. He's, uh, yeah, God, he's 20 years older now, so. That was 20 years ago. Jesus fucking Christ. Well, like, well, 2007, so yeah, like was, 14 years. They probably shot it ago. in, like, 2005 and 2006, you know? I mean, considering that the fucking bully is now married to Megan Trainer. That's so you know. weird. <laughs> she does that like, I'm all about that bass, about that bass, no trainer. My mom likes Megan no. Trainer. Okay. Yeah. Your mom is your mom is way more in touch with pop culture than I am. Oh my god. And that shouldn't surprise you. Yeah, you have no idea. <laughs> fucking Thanksgiving last week, my aunt Paula was my mom's older sister, was like, she's always done this though. She'll be like Chelsea, you know what you gotta do, and then she'll like do an entire Eminem song or like Kendrick yeah. Lamar or something. I'd be like, I don't even know those songs, you know, but she knows yeah. everything. I'm like, why are these people hip? It's so cool. And I just got to that age yeah. where the younger generation, I'm just like, I don't know what that means. Yeah, no, you you know distinctly, <laughs> I asked you who Lizzo was. Oh yeah. Well that's okay. Yeah, so you know. Um and uh, so Lindsay Wallace is coming over, and Tommy is not happy about it because she's a girl. Um, which, once again, realistic, you know, boys that age do not want girls. It's so weird how when you're a boy that age and girls are like the grossest thing in the world and you don't want them around, and then suddenly the next year happens. <laughs> and you need them around. <laughs> Yeah, and then suddenly that they you want them around more than all your the the friend the boys that you were friends with. Yeah, what age did that happen for you? I feel like you're the wrong person to ask though, because of your family. <laughs> no, it was it was around eleven. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. it was around eleven because I remember at ten I wasn't into like girls at all, and then in fifth grade that's when I started noticing them. Interesting. Yeah, I think I had I yeah. had a boyfriend. No, I had a boyfriend throughout all of grammar school. Mm. Yeah. So I guess it varies, but it's no, you know what? It's different though, because girls, I remember girls saying things that clearly indicated they were horny as early as like first grade. Oh, Jesus fucking Christ. Like, I remember a girl, like a girl, like whispering to each other about how um, she wanted to pull down a boy's shorts. Oh, yeah. I've said that. You know, yes. when like we were in like first grade. Yeah. Maybe talking about horny children isn't the best idea. <laughs> You know, but it's like, you know, like to us, like that was not, you know, boys, we were in Sands, like that was the the last thing we wanted to see was the girls like, you know, without clothing or whatever. You don't have a penis? You know, that was literally the only time that that ever came up was the whole like, you know, I'll show you mine if you show me yours. And, right. 
I remember literally being like, I don't really care to see yours, but okay, whatever. You know? Damn. <laughs> okay, fine. But it would always be suggested by the girl. Yeah, that makes sense. Like, it wasn't... Yeah, it was never something that, like, any of us suggested until we were, like, 11, and then we were like, oh, my God, we want to touch boobs. <laughs> you know? Let's touch boobs. I don't think I ever did that. Interesting. You know? It's so funny. Like I said, I went from, like, disliking, you know, like, in me and all my friends, where we are like, you know, we wanted nothing to do with girls. Fast forward two years, the boys are, like, putting mirrors under the sixth grade teacher's skirt. Because she was, like, 20, you know, and hot. Nice. Nice. Yeah, I had a crush on my you seventh know. grade, my seventh grade teacher. I wonder how he's doing. Hi, Mr. Yeah. Webster. I hope you're having a great day. Yeah. <laughs> so... Um, Annie's at the Wallace's. Her boyfriend comes over. This is the, this is, I, I don't know if this is the, uh, the, um, uh, Halloween debut of Paul because we've only heard of him. Right. And now we see him. Right. That's interesting. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, and they, they of course do a subversion of the original at one point when Lindsay makes jokes about tearing Annie's clothes off. Yeah, that was cr- well. I mean, like, thank God, because I feel like if they pulled that fucking shit from the original now, there'd be problems. You know. Um, yeah. True. True. Lindsay's um, a little fucking then, bitch. Lind- Lindsay, of course, knows Annie is down to fuck. <laughs> um, yeah. Fucking. Oh my god. Um. What is this fucking? Oh no, I'm getting ahead of myself. Go ahead. <laughs> And I do love, I do love uh, Annie telling Lindsay, go worship your God, um, when she, to go watch the TV. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was funny. That yeah. was definitely funny. Because that used to be, that used to be the nickname that I would give, um, the TV. So, um, there was a time when I was, like, a homeless kid and hanging out at my friend Rachel's place with, like, you know, 12 other homeless kids. And there was one kid who wasn't homeless. He was just, like, a rich kid from fucking Long Island, but he would choose to be homeless. Okay. Um, yeah, like, the rest of us were actually, like, legitimately, legitimately had no other choice, but he was, like, that was the cool thing, because his mom had, like, gone, his mom had seen Black Flag when he, so he was, like, I'm, I've been punk my whole life, so I'm gonna sleep on the street and beg for money, even though he legitimately had, like, a home in Long Island that he could go to any time. Um. Jesus, I don't even know what to say about that. Yeah, I did, I did not get along with this guy at all. I thought he was a massive fucking poser. But um, Yeah, I was like, I bet Charles was, is going to say poser here. <laughs> there, there was one time where he and I almost got in a fucking fist fight. Because we're all hanging out, we're talking, and the, uh, the TV's on. And he turned it off. And I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? We're watching TV. And he's like, well, you guys are all talking, you weren't watching it. And I made a comment about how that thing was my fucking babysitter. If you ever touch the living room God box again, I will murder you. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, and the, the almighty living room God box was what I called that's it. That's really fucking, <laughs> that's clever. And then you knew you'd yeah. be a fucked up writer, but brilliant in your own twisted mind. And then he like ran into the other room and read a book aggressively. How do you aggressively guess- read a book? He did. He did. And I remember pointing it out to everybody. And I'm like, oh, he's in there reading a book because I guess he's fucking better than us who who enjoy watching television. That's funny. That's really funny. He and I I totally did not get along, um, even though he once offered to blow me and I I told him no. Well, that's good. You have some boundaries. I I, I, I forget what it was, but I made some joke about we were at a party. We're both drunk. And I made a joke about him being bad at like blowjobs or whatever. And he's like, hey. 
don't challenge my blowjob fucking skills, man. Like, right now, I, I'll challenge you. You blow me and I'll blow you. And, and I bet you mine's better. And I'm like, you know what, dude? You won that bet. I'm going to just totally, totally c- concede here and say I'm sure you give better blowjobs than I do. My <laughs> so, God. Yeah. Like, because I was like, I don't know if that was a weird attempt at coming on to me because he was drunk or whatever the fuck that was. But uh, no, you know what, dude? You win. Okay? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> we don't have White to flag. have that contest. White flag. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We don't have to have that contest. I will concede that you get better blowjobs than I do. Okay? <laughs> That's funny shit. Yeah. So, um, you know, at this point, um, they start talking about Ben Tramer. Uh, ben Tramer apparently is special, apparently, according to Laurie in this film. Right, yeah, no. And we never meet Ben, right? No. Yeah, we never meet right. Ben. Right. Um, and Michael is just hanging out on the front lawn again while Paul goes to pick up Annie. Yeah, not and, and like, they don't see him. Right? Mm-hmm. That's no one's fucking weird. Um, yeah. So Sheriff Chuck, we could cut to a Sheriff Chucky mm-hmm, at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, because uh, I'm just gonna call him that. I like it is, that. Of course, Oscar. He doesn't. It's Oscar winning. Yeah, yes. Oscar winner Brad Dorif as uh, the yes. Dorf bracket. So. I don't think that. So the sheriff doesn't believe that Michael's actually there, and Loomis is like, "This is life and death." Um, come to my office tomorrow. Tomorrow's too late. He's calling him like the Antichrist or something. It's pretty. I don't know. You know, the stakes are high, man. The stakes are high. I don't like it because I feel like still today people would fucking not believe someone's doctor of 20 years. You know what I mean? Here's here's the interesting thing that I was realizing. Is that the things Rob Zombie changed were changed for the worse. Mm-hmm. But the things that like we had complaints about, he seemed to have the same complaints about. Yeah. And changed for the better. Yeah. Like... You know, like shit like um, fucking um, Lin- Lindy, uh, Linda being happy with being fucked for, tw- for two seconds or with Dr. Loomis not being concerned, not, you know, walking around very casually around the neighborhood. Yeah. Um, oh, I here, know, he God. definitely seems concerned. Yes. You know, yes. thank goodness. Thank goodness. And, and so it does feel like it feels like he should have kept more things that worked. Right. While, while, yes, while changing the things that didn't, because the things that didn't, he seems to have improved on all of yep, them. Yeah, you're right. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, you know, so uh, Sheriff Chucky says that he read your book, and I, frankly, I don't like you. You created a, mon- a masterpiece of a monster off the blood of this town because monsters sell books. I like that line, too. Um, and he's saying there's no, he no, he has no conscience, no reason, like, uh, or like he yeah. doesn't know right or wrong. Um, uh, yeah, here's here's where they actually quote Halloween. Too. Oh, right, right. I was like, this yeah. is a quote, I think. Well, they combine his speech from part one with quotes from Halloween too, because oh. I remember Donald Pleasance in Halloween two saying he's come back for her, he's come back for his baby sister when they reveal Lori is his sister. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Um, the sheriff yeah. calls the strides. Um, I put they're dead. The strodes. Oh, the strodes. The strodes. Fucking autocorrect. Um, <laughs> autocorrect. Autocorrect, by the way, has been adding words to sentences now. Yeah, I know. Jesus and it's fucking like that Christ. Word, yeah, like, like I've, I, I, I don't know if I sent you. I sent um, my ex, um, Liana. I sent her a message, and there was like an extra word 
on at the end of a sentence and i'm like wait no i didn't put that word there what the it's fuck people are getting stupider and they don't know how to finish sentences maybe i think i guess i don't know i guess uh, so, so Lindsay and tommy are trying yeah, to annoy okay. the shit out of Lori. well we we uh we skipped um wait, the we skip? sheriff going to the uh the strode family and <sighs> seeing the uh all the bodies and stuff oh yeah well that's kind of important isn't it yeah. Uh, la, 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 they're dead, and he's so crazy. Tom, Tommy, yeah, then we go to Tommy wants to know about the boogeyman. Oh, is that what it is? He wants to know about the boogeyman? That's all I wrote for that. That yeah. was the one note I wrote And Lori for. is just tired of hearing about the boogeyman, while Lindsay is pro-boogeyman. <laughs> Lindsay's pro- <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Hold on, I got sneeze. <laughs> oh, boogers. You're welcome, yeah. everyone. And, um... <laughs> They start implying that Lori is scared of the boogeyman. And then, and once again, this is a thing that, you know, maybe because children knew that, like, I am not the person to fuck with because I don't like children. But they gang up on her and tickle her. And I was going to once again ask, is this a thing that children will do to a babysitter? Yes. Really? Yeah, I've had them gang up on me and, like, because we'd have, like, playdates with the girl I used to used to babysit. I think she was like seven or nine. I started when I was seven and it's like all of her friends would come over and tickle me. And so I just started doing this thing where I literally would be like, I'd tickle them back, they'd lay on the ground and then I'd sit on them, not with all my weight, but be like, ha, I'm the babysitter. And they thought it was really funny. <laughs> oh, that I get it. <laughs> you're sitting on the baby. I'm sitting okay. on the baby. <laughs> I was like, you're yeah. a baby. I'm seven, you're a baby. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, because I was just like, I don't relate to this. If any child tried to fucking tickle me, that would be a, a child. I would be in prison. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, no, it's just a thing you just let happen. Okay, okay. For sure. See, this is why I'm not a parent. <laughs> I am glad at that. I don't know, you'd be a fun dad. I don't think I would be. I think I'd be a cold dad if my, if my kid was stupid. And your kid would be stupid, because every kid is... <laughs> At one point or another. No, no, I've, I've, I've definitely, I mean, I think I was a stupid kid, but, I, but I've seen kids who I think are actually intelligent. Oh, uh, yeah, no, I just meant being stupid, like doing something stupid, not, yeah. not insulting child intelligence whatsoever. Yeah, yeah like, because I've definitely seen some, like, really, like, inquisitive and, um, and cool kids, you know? You've seen some um, cool kids. You know, no, I've actually told uh, Tibby all the time. I think she has one of the coolest sons that I've ever seen someone right, have. Right, But then I've also seen plenty of people with stupid fucking kids that I wouldn't want anywhere near me. Yes. And I always, I always worry that if I had a, you know, and you can't choose like that. If you have a kid, you have to love them no matter what. And yeah, so, that's rough. Like, like fucking Michael's mom in this fucking movie just loved him no matter what. I'm like, he just killed everything you love. <laughs> yeah, so I don't think I would be able to, you know, I wouldn't be able to fucking support my kid if my kid was a fucking dumbass. Yeah. You know, that. and that's not how, that's not good parenting. No, probably not ideal. Probably for the best, Charles. Yeah, yeah. So Paul and Annie are getting it on while Michael's just hanging out in the background. <laughs> yeah, he just shows up a lot. Like, isn't he? He's behind Lindsay at one point. Like, this shit's fucked up. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, do you want to fuck me? And when he goes in, he's like, it's so fucking warm. And which I can confirm, by the way, that and I, I, I don't know. Maybe you can tell me why this is that different vaginas definitely have different temperatures. I think it's just the body temperature of the woman. And it can change depending really? upon where you are in your cycle and stuff. Yeah. Mm. 
Yeah. Because there have there's definitely been some women that I've that I've gone in and it's like, oh my god, she's so warm. Yeah. And then others where it's just like it just feels like regular, you know, like his warmth is just touching her regularly. Yeah, yeah. It definitely changes. I'm not gonna go into the details of mine, but I might. <laughs> if I had alcohol in my system, yeah. I would. Yeah. <laughs> I was I was gonna say, oh man, our our audience certainly never hears us giving uh, any TMI on this never. show. Never, um, that's never happened. <laughs> you know, from the uh, you know, hey, if you have a snot fetish, check out my nose running. <laughs> uh, yeah, that'll be twenty dollars. <laughs> yes. So uh, Michael is offended by this immorality, and he kills Paul. Yes, and he's dead with the jack o' lantern, right? Doesn't he put it on his head or some shit? Later on. Oh, later God on. damn it. Um, <laughs> Right now we cut to right now Annie's trying to run out of the house while she's topless, but Michael pulls her back in. Yeah, I felt so bad for Annie because I didn't hate Annie in this movie. You know, mm. I mean, like she was unlikable, but I didn't hate her like the last one. Well, it Danielle Harris, like I said uh, last time, is about how you know she was kind of fucked over by the producers wow. of Halloween uh, Six, right. and then brought back for this. Um, yeah, when you think about it, she's kind of the only likable character. Yeah. Out of the three girls, because they made Lori and, and Linda really unlikable people in this. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Like, that's not... I was like, Annie's supposed to be the protagonist somehow. She is. <laughs> you know? She's the only one you that know, I feel I think bad they were for. Just, I think they were just trying to do to trying to trying do right by Daniel Harris, I yeah, guess. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. You so know, so... He pulls her back in the Michael, house. There's a dog barking yeah. in the distance. She goes for some silverware, silverware but throws her down. Um, uh, wow, autocorrect. She paused herself before stabbing. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah, she grabbed a remote. <laughs> Jesus. And she's like, if I'm paused, I won't feel it. Yes, so. yes. So that makes sense. Um, uh, yeah, I, she's got a brutal fucking stabbing, man. I don't know. Yeah, so now we learn that the sheriff responded to a 911 call 17 years ago, and he... Um, he omitted that there was a, a baby in the report. Which is like, which, you're going to lose your job right there and then, buddy. You know? Yeah, he just drove her to another town and dropped her off at an emergency room. And then um, someone in the strode who lived in this town is the one who adopted her. And he was like, no! Yeah. <laughs> no! That's what he did. Yeah, so, you know, um, yeah, that, that's just... My other thing was, when would you have had time? Yeah. Did you literally leave a fucking murder scene where the suspect is still there? To go and kidnap this baby to, and leave it. <laughs> take a baby, go to another town, and then come back, and then let all your colleagues know. Yeah. Because if your colleagues are there, you can't just leave. I'm, uh, guys, I'm, uh, hold on, you know, like, what? <laughs> what do you got <laughs> under your shirt there, uh, Sheriff? Nothing? Uh, so I'll be Why is it crying? This nothing is crying. Yeah. yeah, I'll be back in an hour. You guys just handle this murder scene. <laughs> like, you know. Yeah, it doesn't necessarily so, add up, does it? Yeah, yeah. So, and what else also doesn't add up is here is that Lori is taking Lindsay back home, even though she knows Annie is fucking uh, Paul there. Yeah, that didn't really make any sense to me. Um, but Annie's still alive. And yeah. now Paul's dead with the jack-o'-lantern. Hanging, yeah. Yeah, hanging. That was fucked up. I liked... Oh, was that later? Oh, yeah, no one... He, so, Michael's behind her. Someone calls 911. Lori does. Um, And uh, 
I like how he just like pushes Paul's body like that's such like just to see it rocking there like yeah. that was one of my favorite parts of this movie because I was mm. like it's completely unnecessary but so like human nature <laughs> you know to be yeah. like I wonder how it rocks I'm just gonna touch it <laughs> so so here is one of the parts though where I made the note and same thing with when when Paul and Annie are fucking why do no one why does no one smell Michael <laughs> Yeah, no, this, you know, they taught you to do this in acting school, children. You know, you got to do everything you can to make it realistic. Yes. You know, I mean, I distinctly remember having sex with my first New York girlfriend and her cat kept farting under the bed. Because <laughs> her cat would get nervous because of like the motion or her moaning or whatever it was. But her cat was having serious anxiety and just farting up a storm under the bed. And I remember her, me and her both looking at each other and being like, that wasn't you, right? And I remember, because I remember being like, I was like, what is that smell? And she's like, um, is that the smell of passion, maybe? And I'm like, that is not the smell of passion. That smells like someone passing gas. Yeah, that smells and like she, cat. She's like, and she's like, it's not me. And I'm like, well, it's certainly not me. And like, well, then what the fuck is going on? And then we looked under the bed and her cat was there like, very upset by us fucking and she's like oh my cat gets gas when it gets nervous oh that's hilarious that's really yeah. funny that's really now i keep and thinking I guess, about the cat the horse that my mom keeps riding that keeps farting all the time anyway continue yes the, there you go <laughs> yes. well we weren't riding the cat that would it was a small but cat. you were that would be weird for us to, monkey yeah. of, well, we riding, don't listen monkey i guess I guess technically we're riding on top of the cat because the cat was under the bed. <laughs> yeah, see, I'm right. <laughs> so, um, but, you know, like, I feel like you would smell the homeless smelling man in the, in the room if you guys are having sex. Yes. And, you know, I, I could almost excuse it when she comes in the house and Paul is hanging there because a lot of people, for some reason, don't understand that a body will not smell immediately. Yeah, yeah. You know, so maybe, you know... or Unless they pooped themselves when they died, which Paul probably did. I mean, that's entirely... Especially if you're being hung, you know. Um, But, so I could understand, maybe that's... Then she couldn't smell Michael. Yeah. If if Paul had shit himself. Or even even Annie, honestly, because Annie's been stabbed a lot, and that also tends to Yeah, the smell of iron, like that much blood, the iron smell, I bet. Yeah. 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 Speaking of which, so I need to I take my iron pill. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> I can. I can understand Lori not getting it um, here, but before when Annie and uh, and and uh, Paul are getting it on, they ha- them not smelling him is ridiculous. Uh, agreed. Agreed. But anyway, she yeah. calls nine one one. He rocks Paul's body. So what is it? Malcolm McDowell goes. He found he her. Rocks him like a hurricane. Yes. I'm surprised that isn't in this soundtrack. Here I am. Well, no, Rob. I'm sure Rob Zombie hates Rocky. Like I'm a sure. Hurricane. I'm sure it's a terrible song. <laughs> Um, <laughs> it, it is. The scorpions are terrible. Bad, yes, but it's, it is. You know, speak, speaking of um, of people stripping uh, uh, children. Um, <laughs> what? You didn't know about the Virgin Killer album? Oh no. They're okay. So the the cover of their album Virgin Killer is has like a I think like a topless thirteen year old on it or something. That's a little fucked up. Yeah, like the American version has a different cover than the European version. Um, because, yeah, I think it's like, I don't recall the exact thing and I don't really want to be looking up on Google. Um, yes, don't do that. Don't do that. For a topless 13 year old. But if I recall correctly, because I saw it for the first time when I was in Denmark and 
It was like this guy in a limo with like a topless 13 year old or something like yeah, that. Yeah, no, that's pretty bad. Don't like that. No. Nope. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, so at this point, uh, Michael's chasing after Lori and the sheriff and Loomis are rushing to the house. And here, as I said, Loomis actually has some urgency to his uh, actions. Yep. As opposed to the casual stroll the tunnel presence was taking. Oh my god, that was so silly. That was so, yeah. so silly. And so um, he's chasing after Laurie, and he's very fast this time. I mean, he's power walking. He is power walking, um, that is true. That is true. Yeah. I wrote, she runs to Tommy's place because only one child has been put in danger so far. We can't have that. <laughs> um, so... <laughs> Michael starts trying to break down the door, and he is successful very quickly. Yeah, he um, was. I love that he wasn't, like, mad about it this time. Like, in the original, like, that was the part that Tommy got me when he was just, like, such a little bitch about fucking, like, opening the door, like, for, for yeah. Lori. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, that's, you know, this time I was actually nervous for the children. Like, for the little littles. Yeah. I was actually scared for them. But they're Okay. Um, yeah, so Tommy knows how to open doors. Lindsay and Tommy are okay. And Michael just breaks down the door, because he does. Um, so Lori tells the Cause kids he's, to... Because he's basically evil Kool-Aid man. Yes, he is. Kool-Aid man, like, filled with blood and mayonnaise instead. Yes. yes. Um, so Lori tells the kids to get back in the bathroom. Um, the cops pull up. Um, and a cop wants them to open the door. And I go, don't do it. I think I literally screamed that. Um, uh, and he said, there's no one out here, but he dies, of course, right as she's about to unlock it. Cause Michael and Michael breaks right through it. Oh yeah. Someone shoots him. Oh no. Who shot him? The, the sheriff or, um, I, it was Loomis. It was Loomis. Because yes. I wrote, oh, um, cause the 57. I, I wrote door. I wrote doors. Do not stop this. Michael, nor do bullets. Apparently. Yeah. No. No, uh, no, I'm sorry. It was the cop. It was the oh, cop because okay. he shot the cop who uh, stabbed, who shot him. Someone shoots him. Sorry, he grumbles. He, he stabbed the cop, <laughs> yeah. not shot. Yeah, the cop. he grumbles and is unaffected and uh, stabs the cop. And he turns around for them. Um, and next shot we see is him carrying Lori out unconscious. Um, and then more cops show so, up as he just walks away with her slowly. So while he's doing this, I want to point out that they're playing the uh, Halloween 1978 wrong. Are they? Um, they changed the piano riff slightly, and I don't like it. That makes me angry. It's it's really like it's one of the classic fucking Halloween um, songs, and they changed um, one of the riffs on it, and it's and it doesn't sound anywhere near as good. Damn, I don't like that. And and since they used the rest of the licensed tracks, I can only assume that that was not a rights issue. That was a choice. Yep. And it's not a good choice. It was a bad choice. Yeah. We all make bad choices so, sometimes. You know, um, so Sheriff finds uh, Annie dying, um, and uh, which is once again kind of a, a takeoff. He added definitely added scenes that were in Halloween too. Okay. Halloween two, um, and the sheriff finds Annie. Oh. Um, and in like the beginning of the film, and it's like a really heartbreaking scene, even though Annie is fully dead in that movie. Yeah. You know, I like that she gets to live. <laughs> I do. Yeah. I do. Um, so uh, Dr. Loomis runs off. He's waving down the paramedics. The kids run to Loomis, and he says the boogeyman, the boogeyman took Lori, and he tells the kids to stand by the ambulance. Um, and I put, you know, for all this movie's faults, this Dr. Loomis actually seems concerned with what's going on. Yes, which is good. Which is good. Yeah. So we yeah. get Lori waking up next to Linda's dead body, which is kind of fucked up. Um, yeah, who is who is nude, and uh, this is where the knife was added to um, her pubic uh, area. Oh, okay. And the yeah. Myers tombstone is there, too. 
Um, yeah, Michael's Judas. Judas, Judas. yes. Yeah. So we're in. Um, Michael's in the shadows. So obviously we're in the Myers house. Um, Lori keeps asking, "What do you want? Please don't hurt me." He drops the knife. Well, well you, you you did you did skip over her trying to wake up Linda. Oh first. yes, I just thought that like she looked too dead to even try to wake her up. Yeah, you know, but she does try to wake she her does. up. She does, which I think most of us would do if it was our friend. Though we would even if even if they were clearly dead. I think most people would do that if it was someone that they actually really cared about. That's there. true. That's true. It's just be like, oh, well, please don't kill me, too. Yeah. Not even check for a pulse. Yeah. Chelsea, be realistic. You'd do that, too. Maybe. Depends on who. Um, so she begs to not be hurt. And he drops the knife and gets out the old picture of her as a baby with him when he was around 10 years old before he went and murdered everyone. Um. And he's kept it all this time, and she notices the knife as she takes the picture. Um, and he goes to take off the mask, and she says she wants to help him. She just doesn't understand, and I just don't know how. Um, and then stabs him. <laughs> yeah, originally, um, and, apparent, and this is not in the unrated version, but they did shoot it. Um, and then they felt it didn't work. Um, originally, he actually called her boo at this point and spoke. Oh, is this the one where I said that he finally spoke? I don't remember from the well, last Well, he's episode. been speaking this whole movie. Yeah. yeah, yeah, this is the one. Oh, that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. But but here he they actually had shot the scene of him speaking as an adult. Mm. Um, where he calls her Boo, but obviously that name wouldn't have meant anything to her. Boo. I'd be like, ah, I'm already scared. You don't have to say that. <laughs> um... Uh, she says, you motherfucker, and stabs him and runs, bangs on doors, etc. And she... Can't get out because there's chains on everything. Um, uh, she somehow does break some door down and was like, okay, she has Michael's strength. And Michael gets up and she gets stuck at the gate. So he puts the mask it's, on. It's, it's sad. I was, I was actually going to say that it feels like this place is woefully not up to code. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But wasn't it set for demolition or no? People were gonna like people were gonna look at it to buy it and like redo it, right? Yeah, I don't. I didn't remember what what was supposed to happen to it in this version. I know in the original, people were gonna rent it out. I don't know what's supposed to happen in yes, this. Yes, this is an extreme extreme disrepair. I like I wouldn't go near that house. Like like it could totally be for demolition, but I don't know. It, did do you remember them saying? No, that, no. I just I was watching something else with some house being demolished and probably getting them both confused. <laughs> Um, oh, yes. okay. Well, the Property Brothers were going to show up, and that was going to be the crossover yes. in this film. I know. We will go out in a little bit. Mommy's almost done, okay? They're looking at me yeah. like, Mom, 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 just please don't shit in the house. Um, yeah, we're, 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 uh, this, uh, <laughs> this episode, people, will not be anywhere near as long as our last episode. Oh, my God. So we're, we're in the home stretch of this, uh, of this That's thing. fucking hilarious. Um, so she ends up in the pool. Uh, which has no water in it, just a lot of leaves. Just no lots of leaves in there. Um, Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah, where I moved, I have upstairs neighbors now, and I'm like, I'm like in the middle of the night, I get scared, and I'm like, oh, it's just humans. Um, so if you hear anything weird, yeah. it's not me. Um, yeah, so she, she blah, 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 falls into an empty pool. Actually, that's how my uh, track and field, and when I played tennis for a little bit, my coach in high school um, became like, a paraplegic and like wound up in a wheelchair because he got really fucked up one time and jumped into a pool or dove into a pool without water in it. Oh God. Yeah. yeah. So don't do that. People always check to make sure there's water in the pool. Um, holy shit. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? So like when he was my coach, when I was at that high school, he, um, 
Yeah, I always I asked my mom because he went to school with my mom. I think I think he's dead now. I don't know. Um, mm. But the uh, she was like, yeah, and my mom was there when it happened. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> crazy. Oh wow, yeah, it makes me sad. So wait, so uh, well, wait a minute. Why were your mom and the were they like friends and I think they were just I something? think they were just at the same party in high school. Yeah, oh, okay. and he got really fucked up oh, and dove oh, so- into the pool. Wait, 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 wait. So he was he was your coach, but he was already a paraplegic? Yeah, he was already a paraplegic. He became paraplegic in high school when he dove into a, a pool. And then was my coach when he, I was, was he, in high school. How did he become a coach then? Well, because like, he, I've he, never he heard was of a paraplegic coach. Yeah, he was really really good at track and field and tennis. So, like, but mm-hmm. not, not not anymore. But, you know, he still so had things to teach people. Would, so, so just explain the mechanics of that to me. I Would think he, he was like, my basketball coach, too. To the, yeah. To, yeah. to the track or something? Or yeah, like... yeah. Yeah. Huh. I mean, like... I've, I've legit never heard of that Oh, before. yeah. No, he was my coach for, like, three different sports. I don't even remember his name, though, which is kind of sad. But, um... Okay, yeah, no, because when you said that he became a paraplegic, I immediately thought that, like, he that was when he had already been your coach. No. And then when you said your mom was there, I was like, wait, whoa, what, uh, what juicy story was going juicy, on here? Juicy, empty pool juicy story. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, your mom, and the, your mom and your coach are out getting drunk. And I mean, like, a lot of coaches pool, don't actually but... demonstrate, like, physically. They just coach you from the side, you know what I mean? So it's not like he okay, would, yeah, he see, could still shoot baskets in basketball and could still hit a tennis record, mm-hmm. show how to strike, but just couldn't actually do okay, it. Okay, okay. You know, he okay. certainly didn't show us he, how to do hurdles. He couldn't do that or anything. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Cause, cause I, I mean, I, I never participated in any sports, but I remember all my gym teachers were also the coaches at my school and they were all in shape. Oh yeah. No, no. It, the only one who wasn't in shape was the dance teacher who was like a little like woman shaped like a ball. Oh, cute. That's cute. Yeah. Anyway. So yeah, she's, so he goes into the pool too. Um, uh, but you know it's the funny. No, fine. but you the water's fine. But you know what's crazy <laughs> though is like this family was so poor growing up. You know they didn't have a pool earlier. <laughs> there was like this pool does not exist. There's no way. Maybe Ronnie made it. But like there was no pool. We it's saw the backyard. <laughs> like there was. So this pool just got installed like today. Um, yeah. Um, or like the only crazy. thing I can think of is maybe if they were selling the house, the pool was. Be, they installed the pool or something. I was thinking I maybe know. it's a neighbor's pool or something. I don't. know. That is also possible. Because I was like, wait, they can't afford where, a pool. <laughs> here's where Doctor Loomis uh, shows up, and uh, he tells Michael to please stop. Michael doesn't, so he shoots Michael. Now, didn't he buy a three fifty seven Magnum? Did. Now, this is a revolver, I right? I can understand. Yeah, um, I can understand having a little bit of psychotic. You know, so it's been known that like people who have psychotic episodes sometimes don't feel pain or are stronger than normal people. Yeah. However, if you shoot them with a three fifty seven Magnum, they're going down. You're going to put, like, a fist-sized fucking <laughs> hole through them. <laughs> like, yeah, that didn't make any sense either. I wrote that down, too. That's a pretty extreme fucking weapon. <laughs> yeah, he shoots him three times, too, which is crazy. Yeah. Um, so he goes down right next yeah. to Lori. Um, I wrote, they hug in the pool. I did not write that, computer. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I don't remember that scene. Oh, wait, um, no, they do hug in the pool. They do. Um, Loomis and Lori, like, hold each other while Michael's oh, right okay, there. okay, okay. 
Um, okay. Yeah, the way the way you just phrased it sounded like it was Loomis and Michael. And I was like, I don't remember that. <laughs> yeah, no, no. So, yeah, okay, good. All right, I actually did that right. Good for me. Um, so she brings him, to, or uh, he brings her to a cop car. Um, well, we'll be, yeah, and, uh, and he's, she asks, is that, was that the boogeyman? Yeah. And I don't think the line hits anywhere near as well as the original. Oh, great. Version. Do you want to come up? You can come up. Come here. All right, there we go. We got a nut. Especially, especially because he he adds one extra word. Does he? Yeah, it adds one extra word and it kills the sentence because she says, "Was that the boogeyman?" Um, and he says, "As a matter of fact, it was." But here he believe. says, "As a matter of fact, I do believe." And I think those two extra words kind of changed. Up. Yeah, it ruins the phrasing and it makes it like. I don't know. It doesn't. It doesn't work as well. It doesn't seem as ominous. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. So then Michael just kind of breaks the glass of the door and uh, pulls Lori out. Yep. And Doctor Loomis um, is saying, "It's not your fault. It's my fault. I failed you." And then he just starts crushing Doctor Loomis's head. Yeah, like squeezing, squeezing his eyes in, and I'm like my one-eyed cat. I'm like, "Don't look. <laughs> Please don't." Um. I wrote so gun. Here, oh, I wrote on. gun question mark. Like um that's okay. later on. That's okay. later on. Um because she starts crawling through the walls because this place is just ridiculously not up to code. Yeah, and she's obviously a very tiny person cuz she fits through a lot of shit. Thank God. Yeah. Yeah, huh. yeah he's smashing things, she's smashing things, she's crawling through the walls. He's smashing the ceiling trying to get her. And uh, then she sees uh, Dr. Loomis's gun uh, and she climbs up on the ceil- into the ceiling. Yes, as you do. Um, yeah, so here's where, I, here's where I wrote, in fact, how are the Strodes selling a place that is this not up to code? Yeah, I mean, probably to be demolished or to completely flip, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Michael starts smashing the ceiling with a two by four. That was scary. And... Uh, and Lori is doing, of course, the sensible thing by making a ton of noise so Michael can know exactly where she is. <laughs> I love horror movies. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for all the kisses, Peanut. Yes, thank you. Thank you so much. And I wrote, then she falls to the not up to code ceiling. Uh, Michael stands there looking at her. He drops his two by four and charges into her, knocking her off the balcony because why not? Yeah. And uh, she wakes up on top of Michael. She's very bloody. She points the gun at his face, and it clicks several times. He wakes up, grabs her hand, and the shot she fires this time works. Uh-huh. And what doesn't work is she starts screaming, and it cuts to her as a baby crying before the credits, and I thought that was a really bad, like, transition. Yeah, they just didn't have, like, the right thing. Okay, yeah, I know. Peanut, yes. The, um, they, didn't, like, they didn't have, like, the right button to the end of the movie, I guess. Yeah, like, I, I felt that was not a good transition for the end yeah. agreed is she yeah. in the second one um uh yes okay. in fact the second one they found a way to bring uh sherry moon zombie back because rob zombie doesn't make movies without her oh yeah because that came on right afterward and i was like the opening scene is yeah. like a different actor playing young michael and and yeah. her yeah 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 and, and um her ghost is basically convincing michael to kill Okay. Which makes no sense. And I, I just remember watching it and being like, uh, Rob, uh, you confused this with a Friday the 13th movie. That's funny shit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
And then eventually, towards the end, uh, Lori has a psychotic break, and she and Michael uh, join together at the end and start killing people. Cool. I like that. I don't, but that's, that is how, this, how Halloween 2 ends. Wow. Okay, Gurgur, just a minute, okay? Yeah. <laughs> so um, that was uh, Halloween. As I said, it was a $15 million budget, uh, made uh, $90 million at the box office, uh, made Rob Zombie completely fucking... Um, uh, miserable, right? Yeah, <laughs> um, you know, and gave uh, and gave, but it did give work, as I said, to a lot of people who um had an uh, you know, weren't really getting much work except outside the horror convention right. circuit, right. you know. Um, Sid Haig and Adrian Barbeau and Sybil Danning and Ken Foree and Dee Wallace and you know uh, Clint Howard and Leslie Easterbrook and you know all these people that so many from, like, people that I yeah. remember. That I remember from like growing up, um, he found ways to put in in this it's film. It's really cool, um, you know, which I always appreciate. And as I said, um, Tarantino, you know, you know, I'm not a big Tarantino fan, but I appreciate that Tarantino did that. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you know, and I appreciate that uh, filmmakers are still doing that to this day. Yeah. Yep. So. Um, but yeah, well, since, uh, let's, before we go, um, we just want to remind you, um, on, uh, December 16th (laughs) at the, uh, Film Noir Cinema. In Brooklyn, New York um, at 9 p.m. Yeah, Brooklyn, Brooklyn, Brooklyn. Brooklyn. Anyway. Yes, Bishop's Cove will be screening. I will never do that again. I don't Um, believe you. (laughs) Um, yeah, Bishop's Cove will be screaming, screaming. Screaming, yes, and, and then in the movie we'll cut to uh, to you as a baby. Yes, um, yes, and somehow like you're somehow but, um, we're related, and it's you holding me, and I'm just like crying. <laughs> yes, boy, that would be. Well, my dad did get around, but you never. Know. But, um, and your mom, your mom did know Last House on the Left, so maybe she gave you a completely different story. Yeah. And met my dad at a convention. I thought something. my dad was Neil Diamond. God damn it, mother. <laughs> <laughs> but um, she just says that because Sweet Caroline was playing. When, yes, uh, <laughs> yes. They got it on. Um, oh, God. God, I would absolutely hate if uh, if that was the truth. So uh, let's hope it's not. Yeah. <laughs> um, so anyway, um, but yeah, um, Bishop uh, Bishop's Cove, as I said. <laughs> Yep, uh, you can uh, buy tickets at the uh, little handy uh, QR code, yes, QR code. Uh, that you'll see between our, our uh, pictures, and uh, <laughs> it's down there, it's down there, um, you know, and uh, yeah, so uh, please come to that, yeah, it, uh, tickets are only like f- 15 bucks, um, <laughs> and uh, it'll probably be our only, sh- our only uh, screening in the, in the New York City area. Yes. Before, you know, like, and, and if you're wondering when, it, you know, some people will be like, well, I can just wait until it's on streaming. Like, I guess you want to wait till way next year. Yeah. But, you know. Yeah, see you while you can. So, and stay tuned for updates on where yes. we're showing it next. Exactly. Exactly. And as we said, um, there'll be uh, signed, uh, you know, copies mm-hmm. of uh, our previous stuff, 21st Century Demon Hunter and Teresa and Allison. Yes. So uh, that should be fun, and uh, hope to see you there. We'll have a Q and A. It'll be uh, it'll be a joyful, joyful. Woo-hoo! So Chelsea, where can people find you? Can you can find me at Chelsea on Instagram, and where can they find you, Sir Charles? At Charles.D.Lincoln. and you can find us yeah. together at CL Square Productions on YouTube, uh, Facebook, and Instagram. Yes, yes. and uh, since it is October, and we're sticking with uh, classic uh, classic horror. 
Uh, next week, we're going to touch on the original Nightmare on Elm Great, Street. Great, I've never seen it. Actually, you have. You, in fact, I've shown it oh, to God you. Oh, goddammit. <laughs> Was I really fucked yes. up? <laughs> uh, probably. <laughs> okay, know. cool. Oh, bye. But, <laughs> but, yeah. No, in fact, I think we saw it the same night that I showed you the original Hellraiser in Nightmare. Oh, Green. you're right, you're right, you're right. Well, I'm excited yeah. to see it yeah, again. Yeah, it was in... At the Stytown uh, place. Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah. Stytown. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. Awesome. Well, yeah, thanks for listening, guys. Please come support uh, on the 16th of December in Brooklyn at 9 p.m. at the Film Noir Cinema. And we are really excited to talk to you next week and all that jazz. All right. We will see you then. We'll see you then. And uh, take care, everyone. And uh, bye. bye.